It's Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 63 for Wednesday, July 25th, 2018. How are you guys doing? Hey, welcome onesies. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hitting play on your device or computer or whatever it is, and listening to me talk about whatever it is I'm going to be talking about this week. Uh, Speaking of that, I saw a movie for the second time. A friend of mine went out to uh, see a movie. I'll tell you guys about that. I did some merch for Ubisoft. In uh, some Walmarts, right? Who doesn't love going to Walmart? (laughs) Uh, I did uh, an audition. Uh, I'll tell you guys more about the DK contest. I got a new gig coming up for the fall, which I'm really excited about. And, uh, you know, I did more food prep, all sorts of little things like that, hitting the gym, lots and lots of fun stuff to talk about. So why don't I just get right into it? After last week's episode, I went out to go see uh, Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War again with my buddy Dave. And, uh, we, uh, we ended up going to like a particular late show, which I thought was a bad idea since I, I Uber in the mornings. I, uh, I'm like, oh, 10, 20 show for a three hour movie. Isn't that a good idea? Um, you know, it only starts, it only starts 20 minutes after that time too, because of all the commercials and everything. Right. So I, uh, I decided we, we, you know, Hey, why not go see with my buddy Dave? I'm, I wanted to see it a second time in theaters. Um, and I'd been meaning to, and just never had an opportunity to do that. So I, I was chatting with my buddy, Dave, who's been uh, very busy as of late. And uh, he's like, yeah, I haven't seen it. Let's go see it. So there's uh, the, the theater that we went to that actually happened to be at Walmart right across the parking lot from it. So we did that, uh, you know, that classic thing where you go somewhere else and buy a bunch of snacks for like 20% of what they charge at the movie theater. Right. So we're running through Walmart looking for just the worst stuff. And I've been really good lately with all of the, the diet and the exercise and everything like that. But uh, I figure, you know, when you go to the movies, I guess you're allowed to cheat a little bit. So we got uh, we got bags of like Sour Kids or Sour Patch Kids. And what else did I get? I got some like fruit gummies that are supposed to be like more, I'd say healthy. That's there's, how do you, how do you, how do you put the word healthy and gummies together? Like I always found that was funny when they would do, uh, you know, gummy vitamins. And I'm like, why? And then for adults, clearly, Right. They don't say like directions for kids or anything like that. Like these are like adult dosage on gummy vitamin bottles. You know what I mean? Like how, (laughs) how badly, how, how much do you hate taking vitamins? Like you're an adult going, I need, I need vitamins. I need these vitamins, but I can't just take a pill and swallow it. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta incentivize me a little bit. It's like somebody who just never learned the skill to just fucking do something from the point they were kids. Like they had the Flintstone vitamins, which were delicious. By the way, when you were a kid, you always wanted more, right? They had the car, they had Dino. I remember that shit, but they always had this weird, like powdery, chalky, almost like the same flavor that, that Rolaids have now Cl- close, maybe, maybe not Rolaids as a perfect example, but definitely t- some form of antacid flavor. Right. And then it's like, now it's like, okay, well you're an adult. Take your vitamins. Well, I can't, do you have any, do you have any way to trick me a little bit? Like, can I pretend I'm eating candy? <laughs> And how do you stop at just one? You ever tried a gummy vitamin? They're delicious. They're like regular fucking gummies. I want to sit and eat the whole bottle. I heard that you also can't overdose on vitamins. I could be wrong. I also don't know a lot of things if uh, if you guys have picked that up from listening to my podcast on a regular basis. So anyways, getting back to what I was talking about, I got these like, you know, less bad for you fucking gummies. What else did I pick up? Oh, I found there was this, and it was a shame that there's only one bag left. Well, a shame and probably, you know, divine intervention for my goals, but they actually had this like 
this, this, I think it was like pork jerky or whatever in these little bags that were like normally five 99, but they were on, they were on sale for like two 29. I was like, Oh, great price for jerky. I got one of those. And it was the only, the only bag left. I would have, I would have got several at that price. Jerky is absolutely delicious. Um, so having said that I went into Walmart and act like a fat fuck spent like six, but I spent like six bucks, which would have been like the price of one thing. You know, can you imagine buying jerky at the, the, the movie theater? It's insanely expensive. So I think Dave got like a tube of Lay's Lay's chips and uh, I don't remember what else he got. I think he got uh, Mike and Ike's, sour Mike and Ike's. Anyways, point being is you bought, you buy theater stuff. All right. Went to go see uh, Infinity War again. And I think 20 minutes into the movie, Dave passed out. Excuse me. So here I am sitting in a movie that I've already seen. And I'm excited by the fact that my buddy Dave is going to see it, right? Like I think everybody who's seen a movie before, but if you're watching it with someone who hasn't seen it, you get a little bit of enjoyment out of their reactions to things. Well, Dave passed the fuck out. Now I'm going, okay, well, I'm still excited to see the movie, but I've already seen it. I know how it ends. We're going to be here late. Dave's asleep. And I kept trying to wake him up. I even figured, you know what? This movie is so long that maybe after he sleeps for an hour, he'll wake up and he'll see the real exciting climactic shit at the end. No such luck. He basically woke up two minutes before the end and saw the results of the movie and no spoilers. Won't go into it for long, but he basically saw the results of the movie and, uh, and was like, oh, and made a couple comments. And then we walked out. He didn't seem phased at all by the fact that he had missed the entire movie. But that's what I did uh, last Tuesday after the podcast. Um, in terms of Wednesday, I, I picked up a gig as usual. I'm, I'm like Ubering every day. Now I, I tear myself out of bed. Even, even when I'm like up till two or three o'clock in the morning, the night before I still tear myself out of bed and get a few rides in. Like I will not give myself permission to, to not drive. Whereas before when I was first getting back into it, I'd be like, eh, take it or leave it. But, um, so I went and I drove and, and intermittently throughout my driving, which is a nice little bonus of, of driving Ubers. If you happen to end up part of the city where you need to be in anyways to drop something off or pick something up or whatever it is, since I've always got something on the go. Um, I, I picked up this gig for Ubisoft. Oh, one sec here. I couldn't tell if that was noise outside my room. Maybe, maybe not. It's funny when I'm this microphone that I got myself for my birthday is, uh, is very, very sensitive, which is good. It's a vocal mic. It's supposed to pick up every little piece of range and octave of, you know, the system. Oh, there is someone Kamar's in his room next door making noise. But, uh, anyways, it picks up a lot of little things. So just the smallest sounds. And I've been told by you guys that maybe off scrubs it up and gets rid of it from the background. But I'll tell you when you're, when you're chatting, you start to hear little scratching sounds and things like that. It's, uh, it's a little distracting anyways. Um, as I'm running around the town doing things I do, I picked up a gig, uh, last week for, uh, for Ubisoft, uh, working for Ubisoft in Walmarts. And basically all it was, was tiny little just trips in to make sure that, uh, the new stuff that they have is lined up in the cases properly. Um, super, super easy gig. The money was very good to do that. So basically while I'm driving around Uber, if I ended up anywhere close to Walmart, log off, run into Walmart for 15 minutes, check, take some pictures, Kaboom, done. I had three of those to hit. So uh, I made a very good amount of money to do practically nothing, but I had to break it up because I did have an audition last Wednesday. Um, I'm auditioning, uh, sorry, I auditioned for a Health Canada thing to do with cannabis. I don't know much about it. All I know is that they're going to be doing, I think, I don't even know if it's going to be like a web thing or if it's going to be a series of commercials or whatever that they'll have, but it was a very, very simple audition. Um, I, I, like I said, I told you guys in the podcast last week, I went cause they told me it was on Tuesday and then turns out it was on Wednesday. So the Wednesday actually went to the proper audition. 
Uh, saw the same people I saw the day before because everyone showed up on the wrong day. And um, it was it was really, it was an audition. It was boring. Um, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if I talked about it last week because I don't pay attention to myself when I run my mouth. But um, auditioning is basically just, you go in there like, say this, like this. Okay, say this, like that. You know, sometimes they give you what's called sides, which is a couple sentences to, you know, just practice and read. And, you know, you ask them if they want anything on it. And, you know, that's it. I mean, I, I can't even make it sound interesting. It's not. But, uh, and then you're like, they're like, okay. And then you just leave. <laughs> so this time they were more or less like, okay, well, we want to see how much we can get you to engage and, and be excited with, uh, you know, people passing by on the street looking for, you know, might have questions for panels of experts on, uh, you know, marijuana, uh, sorry, not marijuana, cannabis. They were very strict. Don't call it marijuana, call it cannabis. So, I mean, in and out in three minutes, just like, hey guys, how's it going? Anybody have any uh, questions about cannabis? We got gift cards we're going to be giving away. Uh, don't hesitate. Come on up. Ask any question that you want. We'd love to have uh, your input and be able to answer, you know, put some of your fears or concerns to rest. Like it, it was really, it was nothing. I really don't expect to, to hear back on it because it was just, it seems odd. And since I don't, since you never really get much information on what, what it actually is ahead of time. You know, a lot of times they're going for a look too, right? Like they don't really give a shit if you can talk or whatever. They just go, is that the look we want? Nah. Also too, like people have told me in the industry that, uh, you know, they have a certain amount of hours allocated to casting. So a lot of times, like they already know who they want. They just keep bringing people in and casting it to basically pay those people who send in the videos and, and listen to you and record you, whatever. So some of it is that there's a lot of formalities in the entertainment industry like they already know, but to make it look like it's on the up and up or to, to make extra money for uh for certain areas of the field well just fuck around so i don't know who knows i'll let you guys know as soon as i know something i i've never been cast for anything that i've auditioned for um when it comes to bad i mean i've i've done like two maybe three auditions ever i think i've done three in my entire life yeah but uh for background work which is what i do all the time you know doing that stuff on the movie sets basically sitting around like a doctor's office for those you just submit a picture of yourself respond to the email because they're just looking for shit that that whatever you're not speaking you're not doing anything of note so they can just look at you and go yeah that can exist in the background like that so still very decent money and with all the connections that i have there i get paid the uh, the union rate so hey 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 and I, sorry this is not exactly exciting, but guess what? You can send me emails if you want to know anything more specific. I'm just trying to do broad strokes here. Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Guys, you want to know more about this shit or, or how to get yourself involved? Um, I'd be I'd be more than happy to tell you guys if you were in the Ottawa area or Toronto or any of the big cities. Um, definitely find some of the casting websites there because if you're looking for some extra money, sometimes you can just, like I said, stand around for, you know, stand around for 15 bucks an hour. Do you know what I mean? For like an entire day. And a lot of the time, you're not even standing around, you're sitting in what's called holding. So they, they have a place for all the extras to just sort of hang out while they're setting shit up and tearing down and bring books or games or whatever the fuck you want. Excuse me. And, uh, and you just wait to be called to set and then you stand around on set for a little bit. And you know, it's, it's interesting to see how it works. Like for me, I, I'm less bored on set standing around, like obviously standing is not as fun as sitting or laying down or relaxing or whatever, like you do in holding, but it's more fun for me to be on set. I find it more mentally stimulating because, you know, you can sort of watch how they're doing things and you get to sort of see like the differences between like the director and the second, you know, sort of the, the first assistant director or second assistant. So like, you know, there you'll hear team, you know, terms on, on set, like, uh, you know, you know, second AD, which is assistant director, you know, the, uh, 
the DP, which is, you know, normally double penetration. I know that, that, that I would say 99% of the times that I've typed DP into Google, it was not for the director of photography. It was for double penetration. <laughs> so, uh, there's just, yeah, but like DP is the director of photography. Um, there's, uh, what's the, what do they call? Yeah. There's, there's wardrobe. Everyone knows that makeup. But then there's another one, which is props. Props is the one I was trying to think of. So props, like every time, like, you know, we, we did one not too long ago. I was telling you guys about in uh, the, the, like, you know, TV studio, but it was the middle of summertime and uh, they were, it was like a Christmas movie. So props was coming in like all the time doing, you know, uh, basically decorating the studio like it was Christmas time. And they had things that kept falling off the walls or whatever. So they would call props constantly to, to come in and, and put up more Christmas stuff and, you know, try to change things up so they wouldn't fall constantly. But yeah, there's all sorts of, I mean, there's always tons and tons of different stuff. There's, there's the lighting guys, there's the camera guys. Like, so it's kind of cool to watch the entire process and just see them, you know, like it, it's, it's interesting to see the set built with all the cameras on one side. Cause a lot of people, I mean, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people forget that, but when you're watching a show, Right. And you're, you see somebody in a small room or whatever talking like the other side of that room is loaded with shit, cameras and screens that bounce light. And there's so much work that goes in, go, goes into setting up a shot. And that's just the one side of the thing. So on TV, you see the, the cameras back and forth of them standing there talking. And so it's broken up, but you know, you film the whole side once, right? You fit all the cameras in everywhere. And sometimes it gets really crazy how they fit cameras into spaces, but they'll, they'll put everything on one side. And then you do all the filming and then they send us the background and everything like that out of the, the way. And, you know, you go back and sit through it for two hours while they tear everything down and move it to the other side, you know? And now, you know, now you're looking at the other side of the room that, you know, two hours before was filled with equipment, fucking filled with equipment and, and not just cameras and lights, but like camera tracks and dollies and everything like that. So it's like they're building little mini railroads in there so the cameras can slide along the things for the shots or whatever. And it's just, it's fascinating as hell for me to, to watch that and see how they do it. You know, they've got marks on the ground and everything like that. And, you know, you don't take as many takes as you would think, at least not in the productions that I've been a part of, but. You know, like I remember we filmed all day for the Trailer Park Boys movie, Don't Legalize, and I think it's still on Netflix, but uh, the Trailer Park Boys movie, Don't Legalize, that we filmed all day on Parliament Hill. And that was a fucking weird day because we started early in the morning when it was raining and then the sun came out for a while and then it started like snowing in May. <laughs> but it was just so funny because as we were moving the the filming location around everywhere, the weather was changing. So it's like, you have all these, these shots. I, I don't know if they didn't end up using 80, 90% of the stuff that we filmed. But I think the reason being is it was just too fucking hard with the weather. Like you got a one side where it's sunny and then the other side it's overcast rain, you know, and then the next shot it's, it's like, Oh, that was the thing we filmed in the sun. And then there's snow. Like it just didn't make any fucking sense. But anyways, whatever it was, it was still fun. Blah, blah, blah. Movies are interesting. I think all this came from the fact that I was saying I went to an audition that I probably didn't get, but um, if you are interested in, in doing background stuff, there's always stuff going on here in Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, wherever you're from. I would definitely say if you're looking for some spare, spare cash, or, you know, anybody, you know, even, even kids can do the background stuff. They're always looking for kids to do, you know, background work. So it's a good way to spend the day with your kids. And then both of you make money because you can do background and they can do background. But, um, anyways, long story short, that's, uh, do it do it. You want to make some extra money? Go fucking do background. And it's interesting to just see how the, the thing works. It actually kind of 
gives you a real idea. Cause like, of course everyone wants to be an actor and they want to be famous and they want to be in movies and stuff, but it gives you an idea that's just like anything else. It's work. You know, it's a lot of standing around and being bored and, and not loving certain aspects and late shoots. Like I've been on sets for like 16 I think I've been on a set for like 20 hours straight one time and it was boring and you're tired and you want to go home, you know, and then action and everyone's, Oh, oh yeah, I'm having a good conversation in a restaurant and everything like that. Like it's yeah, whatever. All right. I'll move on. Um, what else did I do? I'm trying to think if there was anything else that, that, that stood out on that particular day. I mean, like I said, I was running around doing this stuff for, uh, for Ubisoft and Walmarts. There's a lot of like, things like that. A lot of brand ambassador stuff, whatever, I guess I'll, I'll put the whole thing to bed is that if anybody's looking for, you know, um, extra work that's, and I don't mean as an extra, but just, just, you know, you're looking for a couple of things here and there in a month that might make you a few extra hundred bucks, uh, send me an email or, or, you know, if we're, if we're people who are already, you know, you already know me on Facebook or, you know, Instagram or whatever, Twitter uh, f- message me somehow. And, um, you know, otherwise contact at one and, um, and I'll let you know, because of all the stuff that I do with the, the LCBO tastings and stuff and, and, you know, pet smarts and things like that, there's, there's a f- quite a few different brand ambassador programs and, uh, and companies that I work for. So it's basically just, you know, little three, four hour shifts places here and there, and, you know, reasonable amount of money for doing it. So like, if you're interested, let me know, because you know, the, the companies that I work for operate in, in several different cities, you know, and could probably make use of it. So if you guys are you know, looking for something a little extra fun. That's definitely not hard work. All right. I don't know if I've given you the impression that I'm a crazy hard worker. I try to work smart. I'm definitely busy. I'm always doing something, but uh, it's not, you know, backbreaking labor with my, uh, with my hernia and everything like that. You know, I can't, I can't be doing shit. That's, that's backbreaking. You know, I'm trying to get myself into shape. We're going to get me there to the point where I can do backbreaking labor, but at the end of the day, who fucking wants to, right? I'm 35. I don't want to be, you don't want to be picking shit up and doing grunt work. You know, it's, uh, it's not fun. You know, my body's, my body has been put through rough shit already. I'm not trying to to tear it apart for fucking 15 bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour, whatever it is. I've actually considered, uh, not recently, but just being a truck driver, you know, the amount of driving and stuff that I do, I heard those guys make really good money. You know, they do get to travel, but I think it's just like hours upon hours of being awake. And, but I think that there's more and more shit now that, that makes, uh, Makes those long hours on the road good. And I'm not talking about like crazy one-eyed hookers and shit like that on the side of the road. But I think that there's like with the amount, like podcasts are a great thing, right? You talk about free content that's right up your alley, shit that you want to hear, right? So you can, there's all sorts of podcasts that you can listen to if you're driving long days and everything. There's, there's audio books, you know, there's a lot more shit now that you can do. You can even download Netflix. So, you know, depending on the highways that you're driving, <laughs> is that a really bad recommendation, Josh? Yeah, probably, probably don't watch stuff while you're driving. I don't, do, I don't do that. I don't do that. But I'll tell you when I'm, when I'm driving Uber and I have long waits in between, I'm like, shit, rather than burning through my data, I should probably find some movies or whatever on Netflix and download them to my phone so that, you know, I can actually entertain myself while I'm sitting around. I usually try to read to get caught up on my most recent DK books and uncle John's bathroom readers read through the articles and try to get something ready of interest for you guys. But, uh, yeah, I thought, I don't know. I just thought truck driving. Apparently they make good money, but it's one of those things too, that there's crazy set schedules and deadlines. And it's probably not something that I could just be like, yeah, I'm not coming in this month. I got, uh, I got comedy to do. Can't, uh, can't be driving a Delaware today. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think is some easy work? 
that's out there. You know what I mean? Like what's, what's a job. If I gave up on my dreams tomorrow, what would the job with absolutely no skills that I should like, you know, what would that job be that I should just try to apply for? You know, the, the go-to in Ottawa is just quit and get a government job. And I just, I just don't think I could operate around. I don't think I could have superiors that are even stupider than I am, you know, or more stupid, you know, to be grammatically correct. Anywho, um, I, I did, uh, did tastings this weekend, you know, again, Ubered in the mornings, did tastings. I played, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing fancy to report on the tastings again, just, just work, making money. Um, I'm getting excited for my, my trip to Los Angeles. Obviously I was excited when we first started planning it and, you know, now I'm just trying to take as much work as humanly possible to, to be able to put away for that trip. You know, I want to have a really good time and I am hoping that it'll be sort of the defibrillator to my, my comedy hunger and my excitement to, to write new bits. I gotta be honest, the more I think about it right now, like I've been thinking about it a lot lately is just, I, I'm, I need to start. So here's, here's how I feel when I'm writing guys, my typical day right now is I, I wake up begrudgingly start Ubering an hour later than I, that I should every single day. Um, in terms of just, I usually would like to be on the road and driving by six and it's usually like seven, seven thirty before I get started every day. Um, but I make up for it cause you know, I used to want to drive six to 10 and now I'm driving like seven, seven thirty till like noon. So I'm procrastinating on that, that thing I was going to do, but I have my, I have my gym bag in the, in the car, but, uh, you know, I was like, okay. And when I'm done Ubering, I'm going to go straight to the gym. Well, I, I haven't been doing that. Um, I don't think I've done that once to be honest with you. But I still have the gym back in the car. I'm still going to the gym. I'm just not doing it in that routine way that I wanted to. And I really think I need to start doing that because I'm trying to build a routine. And I, I remember having a conversation with, uh, you know, a buddy of mine. I'll tell you guys about that a little bit later on is um, I'm just, I, I, I want to build a routine because I think that's going to make things a little more solid. So with my life being all over the place and never knowing where I'm going to be from day to day and what I have going on, it, it makes it hard for me to to do something and, and make it concrete. You know what I mean? Cause you can't just, all right, well, every day you do this. Okay. But every day isn't going to be like that. So how do you build that foundation? How do you get your body you know, and your brain used to that? That's I, I really do feel like that's one of the things that makes it very, very hard for me to, to achieve some of my goals. Obviously where there's a will, there's a way I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not taking away my accountability for it. I'm just saying it's difficult to try to build a habit and a routine when shit's always changing, right? If you're always operating on the fly. So, but I know that I, I really should, if I can, I've been able to make Uber happen every morning because I'm, I'm driving when no one's really doing business. Right. So a lot of my meetings and conference calls and things like that, that all doesn't happen in that period. So that's a good thing. And then I have this period of time during the day that if I was able to get up at six properly, get done by 10 or 11, I should be able to get to the gym and be finished at the gym by just after lunchtime. Also, if I wanted to implement the intermittent fasting, right, I'm trying to get myself to go to bed, you know, at 10 never happens, but I'm trying to get myself in bed at 10 so I can get my eight hours in before I wake up at five 30 to go Uber. Right. This is just, I'm sorry if this is boring. I'm just, I'm just letting you know what my, what my struggle is and, and whatnot. Right. Maybe it's relatable to you guys you know, and what you got going on, but I'm trying to get myself in bed to, by 10. You know, I even took these like sleeping pills. They're not, they're just supposed to be like herbal fucking help you out. I can't remember what the, give me, give me one second. Give me one second here. Fly across the room here. Try to, <clears throat> uh, there's not much on them. So you can Google them. 
I got them at HomeSense or whatever. So I was like, oh, these are good. So it's from a company called Genuine Health, and they're called Sleep Plus Time Release. So like, I think there was like 20 of them in the package. But I don't know. I took them. I thought it would say the active ingredient. I've obviously chucked the box out a long time ago. But um, I took them because they're supposed to help you uh, fall asleep and and then get better sleep while you're sleeping. So I guess you go, you relax more, go, go into deeper sleep, you know, and then wake up feeling more refreshed. Well, when I take those fucking pills, I find it's even harder to wake up in the morning. So I've stopped doing that, <laughs> trying to get goddamn better sleep. If anybody has any sleep recommendations, um, I I try sleeping with no uh, with no, no you know no TV, but that's where the fucking anxiety and all of your life problems come flooding into your head. There's been lots of comics who've done jokes about, uh, you know, trying to sleep, you know, absolutely sober and not just drugs, but just like no noise, no radio, no nothing. Just quiet your head on a pillow. Doug standup was a great because he's like, cause that's, that's when the fucking carnival kicks into fucking high gear. You know, you'd never done anything. You're 35 years old. How the fuck did you, you know, What's who, what are you, you should have, maybe you should have got that job at blah, blah, blah. Like just all the things that you've been running from all day, just come washing back. So I, <laughs> I drown them out with uh really bad television shows that I, that I pass it to. I, I gotta tell you, family guy right now is one of the best shows to fall asleep to because it's so stupid. It's not funny. Uh, it's almost constant noise. That's very just, uh, with all the cutaways that they do. Hey, that was like the time we blah, 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 blah. Or, oh my God. That's like blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's constant back and forth. So there's nothing to just cling on to in terms of being invested. It's not funny. It's not interesting. So it's great noise in the background to just distract from my own thoughts and then boom, pass out. I've gone so far off the road from what I was talking about <laughs> originally, uh, but yeah, I, I'd love to know what your guys' sleep routines are to see if there's anything that works better. You know, if something's like you just turn everything off and you lay quietly, yeah, good luck with that. I'm fucking, I, I'm like, I'm go, go, go all day long so that I'm like, I'm, I'm wired. The reading helps make me fall asleep, but it still takes some time. And, and again, I don't go to bed until I'm like absolutely exhausted. And then I try to put my phone away and then I pull it out and, oh yeah, I forgot to send so-and-so that email. Oh, I forgot to take that picture of blah, 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 and post it, yada, yada, yada. It's just always something. Anyways, pulling way back to when I was talking about the routines is, and, and comedy writing is, I'd love to get myself that stable thing with Uber in the morning, get to the gym, and then at, at being done the gym around like noon would be perfect because then I can get the intermittent fasting done. So it's like, stop, stop eating at nine, Okay, get myself calmed down, read, ready for bed, and hopefully find a way to fall asleep by 10. You know, very different when I'm doing shows, you know, very, very different when I'm showing because most of the comedy shows that I do end at 10. And now you're fucking, it's like you just chugged a Red Bull from being on stage. So those are real hard nights to come down from last. I'll, I'll, and I'll go into that a little bit later on too. But um, what I'm getting at is I would eat after the gym which would be my first meal of the day. Uh, I'm learning a little bit about intermittent fasting. My friend Josh from, from way back in the uh, source days, he was doing intermittent fasting, which is like, you know, you're, you, you basically have like an eight hour period of the day that you eat. So I, I would say like finish the gym, 12, 1230, get home one o'clock, have my first meal of the day. All right. Eat a lunch. And then what I'd like to do is assuming I don't have meetings or anything like that, I'd love to write for an hour a day, but I'm so just owning it, I'm so fucking worried that I don't have anything else to say with comedy. I mean, I love doing crowd work and chatting with the crowds and the jokes that I have work, 
but I'm just, part of me is just so worried and, you know, about like, well, what do I, what do I talk about? What do I write? And I was listening to, uh, to my buddy, Trent McClellan's podcast, uh, called the generators. And he's chatting with a lot of people that just, that it's called the generators because they're people who are generating either material or content or, you know, so it's, it's, but listening to some of the strategies and there's a, there was a conversation that he had with, with one of the comics and I can't remember, it was just horrible. I can't remember exactly who it was. I don't know if it was, you know, Ivan Decker or whatever. I'm actually, give me one sec here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it out because I want to be able to tell you guys. So you're not hunting around if I, it's another thing about people, right? If you don't make shit easy for them, then they, they don't do it. And that's just, that's just the way it is. It's not, that's not on you guys. That's just the way life is. So available episodes. I'm right in Trent's thing right now. Did he sit down with Ivan Decker? Okay. So he did talk with Ivan Decker and I believe that's one, but anyways, Ivan Decker, the strategy, I believe that he was saying, because I don't recognize any of these other names that, uh, that were there. So he was saying that one of the things that he does as a practice is he, you know, write for 30 minutes and don't judge anything. So whatever you write down, who cares if it's good, bad, whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. Just write and don't judge it. And he goes, and then the next day, but write for 30 minutes and don't judge it. And the next day, write for 30 minutes and don't judge it. Cause, and he was saying that the, the reason that that's an effective strategy is that you're just getting used to writing things down. Because I know for myself, I don't put pen to paper. When we when comics refer to writing a joke, it's we say, oh, I'm writing this joke about blah, 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 blah. But we're not really, not all of us necessarily are writing it. What it means is we're workshopping it. So we got a joke where we've got this, this, and that as idea. And a lot of us will just go to the stage with the idea and sort of talk it out and see you know, what's funny, what's not. And then you build on the parts that aren't. Sometimes when you're just talking it out and a new idea will come in your head, you'll throw it on a line, it works. You record it, of course, very important. But but I don't physically write jokes, right? So the whole idea is like, oh, I want to write more. It's like, well, what do you mean by that? Get on stage with ideas? Like I get ideas all the time. My ideas come to me while I'm driving and while I'm doing stuff. More often than not, when it's really hard to write that idea. Like I got to tell you guys, I have three, four ideas a day just driving around with something that'll piss me off or or that I think is ridiculous, whatever. And I'll come up with it and I go, I got to I gotta remember that for later. And then I don't. I, I lose four jokes that I think are actually really funny topics and everything like that. I lose four of them a day. And, uh, I need to start, you know, carrying my recorder with me again and throwing these ideas in so that I can sit down and write. But the, the point of the exercise of writing for 30 minutes and not judging it is that rather than being afraid to write, you're just, you're writing, you're writing and who cares if any of it's good. And what you're doing is you're practicing the habit of writing so that when you do have something to say, you're not stuck because you don't have the practice of writing. So I've really, I mean, I heard that months ago. I really wanted to implement it. I never have. But I think that I think that was really holding me back is I definitely have a, a deep fear that um, since I pulled back from comedy years ago um, in my relationship, pulled back in the sense that I just I just got really comedy represented not having the relationship. So that's that was part of it. I know that when uh, when Crystal and I were together, you know, there there came a time where where you know. Um, she was having second thoughts about being with a, a comedian because she's like, I don't know if I want to be with somebody who's, who's gone often. And, um, and I, this is not on her. This is a conversation that she had. I, I guess you I mean, you can't blame someone for being honest, but for me at the time, like I, I, I loved her very much and I wanted to, to stay in the relationship and I want to be in the relationship. And I remember, I remember that really scared me. Like there was a lot of, there was a lot of things. And again, we we're both in different places. The reason that we were, you know, together on and off, but um, I know that, that I, st I don't want to say I resented comedy cause nothing wasn't comedy's fault, but I knew that 
I think I remember just having either subconscious or conscious thoughts that like, the better I do at comedy, the more I'm going to push myself out of my relationship, but I wanted to be in my relationship. So I guess I just started coasting. Comedy was something that made me money, but I started doing other jobs, started doing other things, you know, started worrying about this and that and whatever. So, um, I took my foot off the gas, um, for my comedy career, uh, a long time ago. And, uh, and there's moments where, you know, I put it back on for a sec, but, but I gotta be honest. And I, and I can't even say that it's like on cruise control. It's not like I'm, I'm not gunning it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, it really is like, I took my foot off the gas and I feel like, um, I feel like you just feel the car is, is still going and, and, and very well. Like, again, I, I can't, I'm, I'm not shitting on anything, but I mean, like if I look at my first few years in comedy, when I was a lot less funny, a comedian than that I am now to see all the things that I was achieving when I, when I put my mind to it and I was hungry and I was passionate versus now where I'm like, you know, like I'm, I'm watching people that I was years into comedy and I was putting them on stage for the very first time at Open Mic Mondays. And I'm watching them going to the Just for Laughs Festival this year and headlining clubs and stuff like that. And I I personally just go, wow, like they're still hungry. They still got it. And, and some of them are surpassing the achievements that I've gotten. Like, you know, they've done TV spots at festivals and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, 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 but I'm worried, you know, I, I will get little, little, spurts where I'm like, Oh, I got a new idea for a joke and I'm going to go do it on stage tonight. And then I do like in the last year, I've done more new jokes on stage than I have. So I, I know I still have it in me. I'm not afraid to go and, and do them on stage, but I guess I'm just worried that it's the sitting down and the writing part. Um, I'm really, really worried about, uh, I guess it's like anything else that you're doing. It's like, he's like, how bad do you want it? And like I said, I'm, 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 you guys hear me chatting with other comics that I love that are friends of mine who are having amazing careers. And I'm just like, I want to get there, but you know, you know, how badly do I want it? And I, and I'm worried that I don't, uh, I don't have the same, I know I don't have the same hunger I once did, but part of me is worried that, you know, will I ever get it back? And I think I'm, I'm scared to write and I'm scared to try because I'm scared to find out that. You know, maybe I won't get it back or maybe I don't have it the same way. I'll just end up being one of those, you know, club comics who works locally. You know, I still travel and stuff, but I, I don't want to be, you know, ah, whatever. Now I'm just this, but this is okay. So here's an example of what shit comes into your head right before you go to sleep. If you have no TV or radio on. So anyways, that's, that's to, to really, you know, for you guys who've been listening for a long time, you know, and, and hearing me talk about saying, oh, I want to, I want to start doing this again. Um, that's what's going on with me comedically. And in fact, it's kind of showing in the episodes in the sense that, you know, when every week I'm talking about how much Uber I'm doing and tastings, everything like that, you're like, yeah, but what about comedy? You know, what's the new comedy stuff? I want to start reporting to you guys that I'm, I'm working on new bits that are doing well and telling you some of the ideas for that and, and stuff like that. But so this was, I, this was not in my notes either to just go off on a long, you know, rant about my, my comedy, but that's, that's, I got to be honest, if I'm wearing my heart and my sleeve, like I try to do on my podcast, I'm, uh, that's, that's what's scaring me the most right now is, you know, as much as I walk around and people are like, Oh, what do you do? I'm, Oh, I'm a comedian. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm primarily earning my income from tastings and driving Uber right now. You know what I mean? Still make a reasonable amount doing comedy, but, uh, you know, am I, am I a comedian or am I an Uber driver who, you know, who, who moonlights as a comic every now and again? So that's what I really, I really need to, to kick myself in the ass and, and get a, you know, fire lit under myself to start 
doing that writing, even if it's just for 30 minutes, just to say that I did it. You know, I, I hate getting on the elliptical, but I'm doing that, you know, almost every single day. You know, I don't like doing meal prep, but I'm doing that. I don't like the really boring meals that I'm eating, but I'm doing that. So why, why can't, I am almost more okay to fail with the exercise and the food prep and all that other stuff. I'm so, I really am at the end of the day, more okay to fail at that shit. Cause as stupid as it may sound, it's not as important to me as doing well in comedy, but I'm so, so worried that if I actually start trying at comedy again and it doesn't work, you know, but that's not a good thing, right? We, we all know that it's not a good thing to operate from a place of fear. So, uh, all right. So, Hey, let's follow this fucking shit as the weeks unfold, right? And see if I can get myself in a position to start writing more. Let's see if we get that, that momentum going, right? Uber gym, first meal, intermittent fasting, get some fucking writing done, you know, and then, uh, and then live the rest of my day. Um, yeah. So whatever last, uh, last week I actually had a, a, a I got to sit down and play, uh, play a game with my, my roommate, Simon. Simon is a sweet human being, very simple. Um, I don't know. Most of you would probably not know my roommate, Simon, but Simon's a very simple man. Um, I think that he, we've, we've even discussed, even with him himself, we think that he has some form of Asperger's cause he's very socially awkward. He is very, very simple. Um, and this is not a slag on him. Just, just, if you ever hear me talking about Simon or stories of Simon, you're like, what, why would you? Just Simon is very, very simple, sweet person, but very, very simple. Um, but anyways, we, we played a, a board game that I figured he would be able to, to, to grasp and it was very simple, but he did, he did very well. Uh, it only took him a few times to, to get the rules and stuff like that. But, uh, Simon, uh, actually I won a game and I got to tell you, the reason I'm saying that is not to, to belittle him. It was more or less just the idea. Like, I can't tell you guys how, like how much his face lit up when he won. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like a kid who just never wins. I don't know if you saw that video. You guys need to check out my Facebook, by the way. I, I post animal videos all the time, but not stupid things like little cats that were wearing costumes. I post animal shit, like in, in like inspiring animal stuff, and then just really, really funny animal stuff. And I got this one video of a golden retriever, and it's just like this dog cannot catch food to save its life. And it's just like probably 15 different things that this owner throws like up to the dog. Perfect underhand, puts it right in the dog's numbers, being its face. Right. And, uh, and this dog cannot catch the shit to save his life. He tries, but he cannot always hits him in the fucking nose or the side of the face or the chest. But that's Simon going through life. <laughs> so, um, and unfortunately, uh, like Simon's been working at absolute comedy for years and years and years. And, uh, with his limited skill set, um, you know, he's, he's been a doorman. He's, uh, he's working another job too, where he's, uh, you know, a custodian at a hostel. Um, but he's a, he's a, he's a great dude. Uh, you know, he's always got a, got a smile on his face or and something nice to say about everybody. But you know, at the end of the day, he's simple, you know, uh, he's a simple dude. And, uh, for, for him to have won the game, like I gotta tell you, it was like, it was like seeing, you know, the underdog finally win. Right. And, and the reason I was talking about, about Simon's skills, stuff like that is that, uh, Jason, is, uh, is not always kind with Simon, you know, like Jason's expectations of Simon are through the roof. You know what I mean? And by that, I mean, he just expects Simon to be the same as everybody else. But unfortunately, Simon is not right. Can't, can't expect someone to not be themselves. So, uh, the reason I bring this up is just like, he's used to basically being like the, the whipping boy all the time because he's just, he disappoints in the, the simplest of tasks. I'll give you a, give you a small little example here. Um, 
we have a, a back a back room, an addition to the house, but it's basically just a, been a giant storage room for the longest time. Well, Simon's chore around the house is that he puts the garbage out on Wednesdays. The problem is if you put anything in the back room, even temporarily, Simon, like it, Simon's almost like a computer in the sense that like, you know, hey, we put the garbage in the back room. And Simon is like understood process, you know? So he will take whatever you put in the back room and throw it out. When I first moved in here, I had a, a really, really nice uh, bathroom set from my my last place. It was like, um, it sounds kind of gaudy, but it's actually very nice. I had these all these different uh, like African animal prints on a shower curtain super nice material, everything. It wasn't, it wasn't plastic. It was like sewn gorgeous, gorgeous shower curtain with like matching hooks and everything like that with different prints on each one of them. All these different, uh, you know, bathroom, uh, you know, accessories, like the cups, the toothbrush holder, the soap dish, the garbage can, all these things, all of these were, were folded up and placed in a bag, but it was placed in a bag, a regular, you know, white carry it from my house. It was just like throw it in a bag and bring it over here. Well, that bag was sitting in the dining room, um, but it was in a bag, right? And and garbage goes in bags, so bags go in the garbage. So Simon threw out, uh, got close to $200 bathroom set. Um, the, the back room one time, someone, uh, Jason moved uh, a computer chair temporarily, just moved it into the back room because we needed some space in the living room. It used to be in the, the sorry, the dining room. Um, well, Jay and I went out to, to, go to a meeting, you know, and came back and that, that chair was sitting in the front yard with the garbage, um, because it was in the room and, and garbage goes in this room, in this room, this, this garbage goes out front. So, um, yeah, there's a little story. So anyways, Simon, simple Simon, as I call him, uh, he, uh, not to his face, but, uh, Simon, uh, played a, a game of splendor with me and, uh, and he won. And he was so ecstatic and it, it warmed my heart to see him so happy and so proud of himself. Um, yeah, there's a story worth telling, right? This is just the day-to-day shit, by the way. Like this house, I swear to God, is like an orphanage for misfit human beings. Mostly comics, but I tell you like this, this house could, everybody thinks that of themselves. Oh man, our office could be a show. No, probably not. You're a boring person and nothing you think is interesting. <laughs> it's primarily what I hear from people, not about myself, of course. Uh, but I just mean like, you hear a lot of people like, no, oh, our office, it's crazy. It could be a show. No, I think you do the same thing every day. And once in a while, someone says something silly, like, oh, Steve, you're the funniest. This house could be a fucking reality show. All right. I'm telling you just like the level of, of stupidity and insanity. Like, let's put it this way. Kamar, uh, getting so drunk that he runs around the house naked and falls down the stairs, like falls down the stairs naked, <laughs> not once, but twice the, the level of like things that break Jason with the do it yourself, fucking home reno shit, you know? And then, and then of course, just the level of drinking and, and alcohol consumption that happens in this house. You know what I mean? And all the other people, the comics that just show up that we have a lot of comedians that just will crash on the couch downstairs for, you know, accommodations and things like that. So it's just, it's always, it is a fucking gong show in this place. And then you got Simon throwing everything out. You know, God forbid you turn your back on something. Simon will fucking throw it out. This place is fucking insane. And then you have me trying, trying to make a normalcy out of, out of my life. Send help. Send help. This is a cry for help. <laughs> um, whatever. Anyways, that was fun. Um, I launched the uh, I launched the DK contest on Saturday. 
So that was fun. I told you guys, I think a little bit about it in a, in a Facebook video. And again, I don't know if you guys are following the social medias. You definitely should because you can win shit. There's, there's stuff that I post there. That's not necessarily, uh, in the podcast for you to know, but, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're all one man podcast. Type that into the search. You'll find me and, uh, and you can win some shit. So I did a, a launch for the contest on Saturday. I did a tasting early in the morning. They actually screwed up the, the timing, which sucked. I was in Saturday morning getting ready, actually creating things for the contest and getting, you know, all my notes put together. And then I get a, a text message saying like, Hey, let us know when you check in. So long story short, I was supposed to do a tasting in the afternoon. It ended up being in the morning. Luckily it was close to home and, and I was able to get there quick and I had everything I needed. But, uh, Anyways, I came back, launched the contest. I'll tell you guys more about that in a little bit. And, uh, and then I went to a play called, uh, I'm not Jewish, but my mother is. So, uh, a friend of the, uh, the house there, Steve and his lovely wife were in this play called I'm not Jewish, but my mother is, it was out in Almont, Ontario, about a 30, 40 minute drive away. I went, uh, drove out with Colin O'Brien, my buddy, uh, and also fellow comedian. And we just, uh, we shot the shit on the way, you know, I, I chatted with him a little bit about the same stuff I told you guys about, but trying to make a routine and whatnot. Cause he was asking me, you know, what's going on with me and what am I working on? How am I doing all that kind of shit? Um, you know, mentioned that he could see a little bit of a difference in the, uh, you know, the, the weight and everything like that, which was nice. It's always nice to hear. But uh, I went to see a play called, uh, I'm not Jewish, but my mother is it's an interesting little play. It all takes place in, you know, this guy's apartment in the one, you know, main room of the apartment. It was interesting. Um, basically it was like a guy who's starting to date a girl, but his mother comes over and she's fucking wicked, annoying, wicked, annoying. Like the actress who played her did a good job, but she was fucking wicked, annoying. Um, just judgy on his life and, and complaining or whatever. So again, it was a good play. I didn't even know what it's called to be honest. So the funny thing for me was, uh, I was just going to see a play support a buddy. Right. So it was, uh, when I got there, I'm just like, oh, when does this mother character die? <laughs> Cause my relationship with my mom, you guys can fucking hear my podcast. I had a podcast with my mom. You hear how my mother and I talk and this woman is like telling this guy to how to live his life or whatever. And he's not arguing with her. And he's like, he's frustrated, but he's like letting it happen. And all this, I'm like, you, I go, I would have pushed her out the door and down the stairs a long time ago. The fact that, that he's just taking a mob, please mob. You can, you can't do this. Ma. I, I'm like, Oh God, I good play. Everyone did a good job, but, uh, Jesus Christ, that was a thing. And then we went for drinks afterwards, uh, went down the other way to uh, barley mo had a, had some drinks on the water and, um, and flies and mosquitoes everywhere. So we could not wait to get the fuck out of there, Colin and I, because it was just too much, too many bugs. But, uh, I don't know. Saturday was good. I guess I did, uh, did the usual Sunday. I actually had a tasting, so I had to, to get that out of the way first. Um, I ran my usual errands with, uh, with my mom. And then I actually was, uh, you know, she was chatting with me. My mom has been trying to take better care of herself as well. She's, she's been watching like her, uh, her carb intake and things like that. Um, and, uh, so I, I basically know this was going over more or less what I've been doing about, you know, doing meal prep and things like that. So it's not just like buying food that's better for you, but trying to do the meal prep so that, you know, you're eating a good meal and you don't have to cook all the time. You just, you, you do it all at once. So I brought her back here and we did, uh, we did a meal prep. So this week I did uh chicken breast. I did a quinoa. So when we were at Costco last week, um, they had these really, really nice like Indian sauces. So they had like, you know, like coconut curry and, uh, I think Ruma was one and, uh, mango curry, mango curry chicken or something like that sauces. So anyways, like really, really good sauces. And I'm obviously they're not great for you. However, 
um, what I did for the meal prep was we did uh, quinoa, quinoa and wild rice in the rice cooker. Um, and then when all that was done, I mixed the sauce into the quinoa because quinoa on its own is very bland, right? And then I cooked up these chicken breasts with lemon, chopped them up. And so you basically do it so you like mix up the chicken and the quinoa and that stuff all together. So less rice. And then I did a bunch of broccoli and, uh, you know, uh, mixed veg in the steamer. So a great, uh, you know, great, great, basically simple meal, lots of good stuff in it. Lots of good amino acids, everything like that from the quinoa, just good protein from the chicken breast, broccoli and, and veg and boom. So we, we got eight of those made. I sent my mom home with four of them. Uh, we played some, uh, it's fun spending time with her again, like as, as fucking lame, like it's actually every week when I tell you guys, I'm like, yeah, and Sunday I spend some time with my mom as lame as it sounds. I'm my relationship with her is getting so much better. So much better just the two of us spending time together. We're building trust and emotional safety. <laughs> and I'm really sorry if this is your very first time listening to the One Man Podcast um, and you're starting with this episode. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Goddamn suicide note recording. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I, I think it's good. If any of you guys are having a, uh, a fucking rough go with your folks, I, I've been talking with some friends this week who, who said that they're, you know, they're in the same type of relationship that I, you know, was with my mom, where it's just like, you basically have two people trying to tell each other how to live their lives versus, you know, working on themselves kind of thing, you know, like parents always want their kids to do good, but their approach to it is not necessarily the most healthy, you know, and I'm, I'm lucky. My mom supported my comedy. She wanted me to be a comic for probably two decades before I ever entertained the notion of it. But at the same time, like, it's kind of funny. Cause like my mom will, will encourage me to like get a government job quote unquote temporarily. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same fucking hole that everybody falls into. Ah, just get it temporarily, you know, pay some bills, whatever. And it's like, and then, and then before you know, it, you're blowing out 50 candles on a cake going, what the fuck do they do with my life? You know? So it's, 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 I know things like that come from a place of love, but, but when people are telling other people how to live their lives, it's never, never a good thing, right? People don't change unless they want to. So all you can do is support. So like I said, I mean, I went from trying to change my mind. My mom's not, not a happy person all the time. Again, you can listen to the podcast with her and I chat and she's, you know, I'm trying to get her to fucking, you know, be real and have a real conversation with me, you know, and she, she thought she would be on, she would just tell a bunch of her jokes and her stories and that would be that. But I'm like, well, no, it's, you know, you're, you're an important part of my life. One of my, one of my, you know, main supporters and, and everything like that. Like, I gotta be honest, I, I, I've, I've talked before in the podcast about how like my family is not close and tight. You know, for a lot of you listeners, you guys may have big families, lots of brothers and sisters and cousins and uncles and aunts and, you know, whatever it may be. And you might have, you know, you guys might have fucking Sunday dinner together every single week and, and family's close and you've got tons of people that support you every time something happens. I got a lot of support from friends and stuff. You know, I have good people in my life, but, but basically somebody that I could open up like this to, I don't have a lot of them in my life. And I mean, I do it with you guys because I, I guess, uh, it's so funny. I'm afraid to put pen to paper writing comedy, but I'm not afraid to just open up to, to you guys. So, um, the reason I want to be closer with my mom is that, you know, through all of my life, my mom has been one of those people that's just always there, you know, it doesn't matter how big the fights are and stuff like that. She always loves me always supports me. And I, I, I appreciate that. I res I, I don't say I respect it. That's a huge understatement, but that's a, that's a good thing is for all of us in our life. You know, that's the same, like that old fucking joke where people say like, Hey, how many people think that your you know, your wife is your best friend. And it's like, ha what are you crazy? Your wife's not your best friend. 
I, I get the joke and I get the humor behind it. When I was younger, I was like, yeah, she's not your best friend. You know, uh, Andrew Gross had a great joke. He's like, you can't, you can't talk to your wife the same way you would talk to your best friend. You know, you know, if you're, if your friend says something stupid, you want to be like, Hey, what are you fucking retard? You know, he goes, try, try saying that to your wife. Like I, I get the joke behind it, but the thing is your, your partner. So your, your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, they're, they're there for you every day. Do you know what I mean? Like your friends are your friends and they're understanding they're very cool people, whatever, even, even other family members that you talk to very frequently. But, but remember that your partner's there every single day, you know what I mean? And whether you fight or not, that, that person, you know, they love you and, and they care about you every single day. Even though they was, I fucking, I love you guys. The ones the the people who listen to this podcast every week and you guys reach out, I have nothing in my heart, but love for you because you guys are invested with me. You know, on a weekly basis, you're, you're taking time out of your day, regardless of whether you're not, you're doing other shit at the same time. I, I, I don't care. I get it. This is a podcast that at many, many times loses momentum and you want to be mildly, you want to be able to zone in and out. And I get that shit. But what I'm saying is that even though you guys are here with me every single week and we get to connect on a weekly basis, uh, you know, I, I really hope that for the vast majority of you, that there's, there's somebody there who is again, once a week not even the same as like every day giving a shit or whatever. So like I said, my mom's getting older and I don't want to, I don't want to have regrets. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying the fact, you know, I, and it's not that I'm like, I'm not going to turn down work or spending time, you know, with, with, you know, other people just so I can fucking do grocery shopping with my mom. But while I don't have anything set schedules, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that I know that she, she knows that she can count on being able to go out and get groceries with a vehicle and stuff like that. And we get to spend a little bit of time and that's our time to catch up and just, you know, how's that, how are you doing? How's everything doing? And like I said, for her too, I mean, without going into too much, because, you know, we're getting close to the hour mark here and, and I don't even, I haven't even finished last week is with my mom. Um, she's, she's working on her own happiness, you know, and I, and I say working on it. That's to be honest with you. That's not true. Just my mom is, is just grinding. My mom is a workhorse. So she's just, she's just go to work every day and come home and she's not, she's got her own situation at home, but she's not cool. It's not my place to talk about it. But all I know is that somebody I care about very much is also struggling, you know, to, to find a reason to be happy. And for years, just nothing. And I, and I know that as lame as every week, I'm like, oh, you know what? I went grocery shopping with my mom and then we came home and we played some board games. I, I got to say that I, I can say with confidence, probably those Sundays are, are the best part of her week, you know, being able to go out and, and spend some time. We go out and we shop around and, you know, go to some of the stores that she likes and, you know, and then come back and, and play some board games. Whatever. I, I got to say, I really do think that that's the best part of her week. So as much as for me, it's kind of, kind of lame. And you might have someone go like, you hang out with your fucking mom every week. Like that's, you know, mama's boy, whatever. Ah, uh, you know what? A younger me would have, would have been embarrassed by that. But, um, I, I know that, like I said, at the end of the day, when my mom passes or whatever, um, I, uh, I won't, I won't have regretted the fact that I let other people's opinions of me, you know, uh, you know, I would have missed an opportunity for something because, you know, I was worried that other people think I was a pussy or something. So I hope whatever's going on in your guys' lives, um, if you're able to just take a step back from shit and go, you know, just for whatever it is, don't let, don't let other people's opinions, you know, of you dictate whether or not you do something that, like I said, that you'll, that you'll look back on and, and have regret. You know what I mean? Ah, fuck. I mean getting all fucking serious. Shut up, Josh. So yeah, that's the point. And my point is I went and played, <laughs> played board games with my mom on Sunday. I'm just going to turn every little thing that I wrote down here in my notes into a big, long fucking story this week. 
but I did send her home with the thing and I checked on her, uh, yesterday. Of course, as always, I'm, re I'm recording this on Tuesday. So I checked with her yesterday and she, uh, she thoroughly enjoyed her meal. She said it was a little too much for her, uh, which is good, right? Rather eat, excuse me, less than more. But, uh, but she enjoyed the, uh, the, the quinoa and the chicken and everything like that. And, uh, it was better, excuse me, better for her than, you know, she works downtown. So then leaving there and bring in some microwave. My mom buys a lot of like frozen stuff that she can throw in the microwave. It's not even baking it, but microwaving it. So I, uh, I prefer she's not eating processed stuff. Like I said, everything that we made was real shy of the sauce. Um, you know, that comes in a jar that's, that's processed to an extent. So you know, it's, uh, everything else was, was real quinoa, real veggies, real, real chicken. So I'm, I'm glad to know she's getting uh, good meals this week and that she's enjoying them. I might be able to actually encourage her to, uh, to keep doing that. Um, what else? Better call Saul season three. I went and Ubered yesterday in the morning, came back, uh, and, and I did the intermittent fasting yesterday. So I was like, okay, I'm hungry as hell, but before I eat, I'm going to jump on the elliptical and do half an hour on there. Then I'm going to, um, you know, then I'm going to shave my head and then I'm going to eat. So like the whole morning I was super hungry and I came home and I could have eaten right away. I had meals prepped, but I'm like, no, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to, to, to get my shit done just to, to show some willpower. And, uh, when I jumped on the elliptical, I saw that, uh, it's uh, better call Saul season three is now on Netflix. So I don't know if you guys watched that fucking awesome show, obviously spinoff from breaking bad. Um, there's no reason for me to go into it and waste any time on it. You, if you, if you like better call Saul season three is out now and, uh, and that is fucking awesome. So I just happened to be on the elliptical, uh, doing my thing. And Simon came down and he was like, Oh, what is that? I go, it's better call Saul season three. It's out. And he's like, oh, do you want to watch it? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'd love to, but I got to get a couple things done first. And he's like, cool. I gotta go to the bank. So after uh, a successful morning of driving and doing my exercise and, and, you know, shaving, shaving my fucking bald ass head again for the, the competition in the evening, whatever. Um, Simon and I sat and, uh, had a couple glasses of sangria and watched a few episodes of better call Saul season three, had a great time. I went to host last night at, uh, the final, final preliminary night of the, uh, uh, prove your comic competition at absolute comedy. And, uh, I had a great time. The comics did great. So this, I'm going to tell you guys this, um, about what I was talking about earlier is these nights, um, I was mentioning how it's very hard for me to get to bed at 10 o'clock when I'm getting off stage at 10 o'clock. Well, last night is a perfect example of that because, you know, we have, we have nine comics that come up and they do their best. We, the fucking ceiling, it was raining in Ottawa like crazy yesterday. The ceiling at absolute sprung a leak and started dripping center stage only, only right before the feature act, a uh, good friend of mine, Matt Carter, right before the feature act and right at the most important part of one of my best jokes the ceiling just cracks open and starts spitting water dead center stage right in front. And I had to stop and address that and then come back to the joke for two lines. Cause everyone's like, finish the story, finish the story. I'm like, well, it's two lines left. I go, it works a lot when the fucking, you know, club doesn't start sinking like the goddamn, um, Titanic. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, just sorry. There was a little, little, uh, pause there. I had to pause it because I got a text from my buddy, uh, Chris, a regular listener of the podcast. Um, <laughs> so while Chris is listening, he'll know exactly the point that he messaged me. Chris was just, uh, just sent me a quick little message saying, Hey, are you recording the podcast yet? Um, and I am, but I think he's going to send an email. So here's, here's a funny little cliffhanger that even I don't know right now is, is if Chris gets us the email before I stop recording, I'll have a, I'll have an email this week. Um, so yeah, just talking about how the ceiling was, was 
spraying and everyone's like, finish the joke. It was, uh, that was a little distraction, but at least it happened to me right before Matt went on. Um, because at least I was able to address it. Right. So when he goes on, everyone's already aware that the ceiling's leaking and you know, we've, we've had the little laughs and the jokes and ha ha ha. And now they can just listen to his set and ignore the, the dripping. Cause at least it's been addressed versus if I had got him on, you know, 30 seconds sooner, that would have been how he had to open his set. He would have had to open his set by addressing the fact that the fucking ceiling just cracked open and started pouring water, you know? So Anyways, but, but going back to what I said, it was, um, once that show is over, we, we, Jason and the judges and, and other people, myself included, um, give feedback to the comics and, and, you know, here's what you could have done, or here's what I'd like to see. And, and here's how you can improve and blah, 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 blah. But that ends up being conversation with nine comics after the show, getting everyone organized in the showroom and everything like that. So you're there until like 1130 at night minimum. And then I get home, try to gear down. Right. And then to get up, by the way, Jason covers the drinks afterwards. So last night I uh, definitely tied one on, um, you know, before coming home. And I think I was there till like probably one thirty in the morning, you know? So I didn't get to sleep until late. And this morning I had to tear myself out of bed. Um, had a conversation with some very cool people last night too. I talked to a skydiving instructor and I've told you guys, it's one of the things I'd like to do. Well, apparently 250 pounds is the, one of the limits that they have for, uh, for the weight. So I'm gonna have to lose even more before I'm able to go to skydiving. But one of the dudes I was talking to was like, here's like uh, the, sorry, the, the skydiving instructor guy was like, well, here, just put your feet out. Like, so I was sitting in my chair. He's like, can you put your feet out like this? Like straight out on the chair, um, you know, sticking them straight out. And he goes, point your toes back. So I was doing that. No, I wasn't grabbing the chair or anything like that. It was like, oh, you're good. He goes, I'll fucking, I'll take you. And I go, are you sure? Like, I don't want to fucking kill us both. I mean, if you're strapped to me and my weight's too much and the parachute doesn't work or something is no, no, we, we can use a bigger shoot. That's not a problem. It's mostly that like, apparently big people can't stick their feet out like that. And I go, is that something to do with the landing or whatever? He's like, yeah, a lot of people like they just, they just collapse and boom, 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 like crash. And he's like, put your feet out. So we stick the landing or whatever. I was like, okay, I'd still like to lose the weight. I, I don't want to be like, ah, fuck it. You know, I've sat in chairs that had a weight limit and I saw what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a sign. I don't want that, that shit to happen in the sky, but, uh, yeah, it was cool. Cool conversation. Anyways, I, I had to tear myself out of bed this morning. I think I got out in the road for like eight o'clock after like four hours of sleep, but I, I chugged a bunch of water when I got home last night and I chugged a bunch of water this morning. And, um, and then, yeah. And then today I had a meeting. Um, so, uh, a shout out to Lisa Strangway. I'm not sure if she's a listener to the podcast, but, uh, she was outstanding. She was, she's one of the social media people now for absolute comedy. And, um, she works for, for other businesses uh, as well. And Lisa put together a meeting with me and the owner of several businesses, but this one particularly sends house down in the market, uh, in Ottawa sends house being the Ottawa senator's house. And, um, it was interesting. I met with the general manager and the owner because in the fall they would like to do uh, like a trivia night and, you know, they'll be asking questions, giving away prizes, everything like that every Monday uh, in the fall. And, uh, you know, of course, if, if there's more details, I will give them to you guys. But uh, I sat with them. I had a meeting with them. They were talking, they wanted to get a comedian to host it. And they had uh, spoken with um, a few other comics, all, all colleagues of mine. And, um, and Lisa was saying that, uh, she thought I was the right pick. She gave them some other suggestions. Well, she thought I thought I was the right pick for it though. Uh, I met with them today and, uh, meeting went well. I got them laughing a little bit. Um, 
but in terms of just the business strategy and everything like that, like for me, I thought it'd be great to have a gig. Like this month was awesome because every single Monday night I was hosting an absolute comedy. So I had, I had guaranteed income on Monday nights, a night that's very dead for comedy. And then this trivia in the fall is going to be happening on Monday nights. So I was like, oh, this would be a great gig to have like my entire fall covered on Monday nights. Every single Monday night got something planned, you know, good cash, good gig, something fun gets me out in the public, gets me, you know, exercising my comedy muscle, whatever. And um, so I chatted with them. I was, I was talking about different strategies and stuff like that of, you know, just, just doing promo and, and what I could bring to the table versus, you know, other people and stuff like that. And, um, and the meeting went well, like I said, I got them laughing. It was cool to see, um, the owner of the place is actually the guy who owned the velvet room, which is a place I can, I performed at many, many times out in Canada. Um, so absolute was doing shows there for a while. And, uh, and he saw me on the inaugural show, thought I was great. We got along great, a great rapport. So as soon as he saw me, he was excited to see me. He's like, I've, I've seen what you do. So, okay. It's like, I, I know what you bring to the table. I've seen what you do. And I was, I was very happy about that, but, um, uh, I think uh, when I left, they're like, okay, well, we'll be in touch. We'll let you know and and everything like that. And uh, I was like, okay. And usually things like that, you know, again, auditions, if they don't choose you, you just never hear back. So you could be thinking like, oh, maybe, maybe I got it. Maybe I'll find out, but they don't tell you if you didn't get it. Just shit comes and goes. You're just basically sitting in limbo. Um, and, and the same can happen in comedy. It's like, okay, great. Well, you know, we'll let you know. And, and that could be six months or that could be fucking 20 minutes. Well, in my case, I was, you know, I, I left. I was very gracious. I said, all right, cool. And uh, got in the car today and and drove out. And I was actually calling. I came up with an idea while I was while I was driving home. And I called Lisa. I was like, hey, throw this by them. Um, this is a good way to generate content and blah, 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 blah. And uh, when I said that, the owner was like, uh, Josh, congratulations. Like, we're looking... I'm looking forward to work with you. So, so I got the gig. We're going to meet a couple more times, uh, going forward to it. But I think it was just the idea that, that a, that I'm, uh, you know, I'm good with crowds and stuff like that. But at the same time, I've got sort of the uh, business acumen to, to come up with, with ideas and promo at the same time. So I think just overall, they, they, they were like, yeah, you know, I, I he's a good partner. He's going to, he's going to be invested in it, making it a success. It's not like I'm just going to walk in, do my thing and fuck off. Like I'm, I'm also invested in making sure it's a success. So coming up in the fall, guys, you will be able to see me every single Monday night at Sen's house in the market, uh, doing a trivia night. So there's gonna be prizes and all sorts of fun shit like that. That's uh, a lot of sports trivia, but at the same time, there's gonna be all sorts of other cool, uh, cool stuff going on there too, but a great opportunity to come out. I think it's going to be earlier evening again. And when I have more details, I'll tell you, but that's how my morning went. So that was a business meeting. That one has already been confirmed. So, uh, yours truly is the new host of the, uh, the trivia nights at Sen's house in the fall. Nothing amazing, but uh, I'm excited and uh, a good group of dudes that I've worked with before. So um, looking forward to working with them again. So then I came home and took a nap because <laughs> I was still exhausted from being up so late and drunk last night. Ah, so that's what, uh, oh, there's a software update. Thanks, iPad. Why don't you just stay there and do your thing while I'm working on this? So that was... That was my, uh, my week in review and very long review, right? Only took an hour and six minutes to tell you about seven days. So, you know, if I talk for 12, could you guys do that? Could you talk for 12 minutes about every single day that you had in the last week? Uh, you know, on average, some of them much longer, right? Or just some of your, your thoughts on things going on in your life. You know, tell me about the relationship with your mother and we'll just turn it into a fucking Freudian psychology discussion. Um, I think I'm done with that maps thing. You know what I mean? 
the, uh, the minor annoyances, pleasant surprises. See, here's the thing with the podcast is I'm trying to find, as I've said before, ways that, that things that you guys get excited for. I've got podcasts that I listen to and they've got regular weekly segments, just about all of them, a regular weekly segment that people write in for and are excited about. And maybe that's just something that'll happen organically as the podcast grows in numbers. Numbers are doing very, very well. Uh, month over month, we're getting more feed hits and more downloads. So thank you each and every one of you. Uh, any of you guys that, you know, Again, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, tell your friends to listen. I don't know. You might, you might lose a friend if you tell them to do that. But you know, if you guys listen to podcasts, or you know, anybody who listens to podcasts, I, I always appreciate, you know, you, you throwing it out there to them to, to check mine out. And maybe it's something that they'll connect with in terms of just, you know, ah, it's interesting to hear somebody fucking struggle <laughs> just about every aspect of their life. Um, you know, maybe there's something that they find relatable to it, but I, I always appreciate that. But something that I, I I would really love for this podcast to have is something, you know, a, a segment that, that you guys get excited for. And it's interesting to see there's been some where people, you know, write in for a couple weeks, but then it just kind of goes away. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, that will come in time, you know. I, uh, I had a new idea. Like I said, the, the minor annoyance, pleasant surprises. I mean, there's a million things that happen in a day that, that are annoying. And then I just completely forget to write them down and I'm sitting here day of, I'll go, Oh fuck. What's the minor annoyance for this week? It's only been like two, two episodes that I've tried it, but I'm just like, ah, I think we all get it. If you guys want to write in something like that, if you want to write in anything from any of the podcasts we've had, no, you're always welcome. You can write in whatever the fuck you want. You know, I'm easy peasy about it, but I think, uh, I think one of the things that I might, uh, I might try to, to get us all on board for is, you know, what's, what's, what's really tough right now for everybody is, is, uh, you know, a little bit of celebrating, you know, a little bit of bragging, you know, there's a, there's a term that everybody uses, right. Called the, the humble brag. Well, I, I think that I'd be okay with everybody, you know, writing in here with your humble brag. Did you do something this week or did you achieve something that, you know, Maybe, maybe you just want to celebrate a little bit, you know, maybe just, just, a, you know, not, not in an arrogant egotistical way, but just in a, you know, Hey, I, I did this and I feel good about it. I think that, that a humble brag I'm, I'm okay with. If you guys wanted to do that on this, this podcast, I am totally, totally cool with that. I'm going to give a mild humble brag and I might even tell another story that's along the same vein is, um, I, uh. I, I gave, so I got, a, I got two $5 tips cash this week, driving Uber. Normally you get tips through the app and it's like a buck and it's actually not, I would say I, I get maybe if I'm lucky one tip a day. Um, and I'm not complaining, but just that's how tips work with Uber. You don't, you don't, just because you can tip doesn't mean you're going to, I think that tipping on restaurants and, and store things, like if you ever go in to pick up a pizza and you pay debit pizza or fucking, I don't know burger place, whatever, like a, a pickup place, they offer you the option to tip on the pin pad. And I always feel, and I think it's smart in terms of the, the company, but it's tough on us as consumers because it's like, almost like you feel like a piece of shit saying like no tip on it. And in fact, sometimes they don't even have the no tip option. Sometimes they'll have like the cash or percentage option only. And you have to like physically type in like zero, if you're doing zero, um, again, good strategy for the business, because I think that people just feel guilty and they feel bad when the person's standing there and you're like, uh, zeros. So it's almost like guilting you into like, just giving them a buck. It happens to me all the time. If it's there and it's the tip thing, I, I just give them a buck just because I think that's the price of me not feeling like a piece of shit. You know, it's not like they can't give you your food or something. And some people, I think some people have that, that just that whole, like, what are you gonna do? Knocking me my food? Fuck you. No tip, you know, but I just, uh, 
I'm just not there yet. My level of personal insecurity still forces me to do that. But having said that, <laughs> I got, uh, yeah, the, the, with Uber, they're, they're, they're entering all that shit in when I'm gone. So anyone who's like, no, that was great. And I may never see this guy again, but I want to give him a little something extra. I definitely appreciate those people. Um, it's great. I, I don't do it for the tips. I just, I do it for the, the general income, but when someone leaves something, extra, I've had someone leave me a $20 tip on Uber one time. And I think it's just, we were chatting and the ride was good. I think I give, I'd also give people free tickets for absolute comedy and stuff. So, you know, they're getting, a lot of them are getting like a, a close to $20 value ticket from me. Um, and it's not like they asked for it, but just, it's kind of cool. So when someone leaves a little something next round, I'm like, oh, that's great. I usually assume it's because of that. Um, but I had someone leave me a $20 tip one time, which was, which was amazing. It's outstanding. And that's like, you know, they, they get like a, like a $12 ride and leave me $20 tip. That's, that's amazing. That's incredible. That's, uh, very, very kind, but, uh, and people can choose to be anonymous too, because I got a $20 tip one time and I couldn't even see which ride it was so that I could like send, you know, some universe love out to that one specific person. But, um, I think, uh, I think it's cool of those people. Cause like I said, they're, they're not in that guilted position because they're, they're already gone. I've already driven away. They may never see me again, but they're still kind. But I had two people this last week that actually gave me cash tips. So handed it to me. Um, and I was able to thank them personally for it, which is great. I like being able to actually say thank you for it. Um, but, uh, I, I, my little humble brag this week is, um, I just happened to be, uh, picking up some supplies for one of the tastings and I had this $5 cash. I don't usually carry cash on me to be honest with you. Um, but I had this, uh, $5 cash on me. And I was just walking through the grocery store and someone's like, Hey, sir, you want to support, you know, sending kids to camp or whatever? And I was just like, eh, what am I doing with five bucks on its own cash? So I, I gave it to the charity, you know, and that's, that's weird. I'm almost saying that like, I never give money to charity, but it's, uh, yeah, that's my little, my little humble brag is I felt good about giving, giving five bucks. Not great. I didn't pat myself on the back for the day, but I was just like, eh, I had it to give and I gave it right. I could have been like, nah, fuck off. You know, something I really don't like. Let, let, let's just say that I, I throw in one more minor annoyance and pleasant surprise for the fucking, for the, the, the final farewell. Minor annoyance, or let's, let's start with the pleasant surprise. Let's start with the good news. I like, it's a pleasant surprise when someone gives me a cash tip in Uber. Very pleasant surprise. Very appreciated. Minor annoyance, stop asking me to donate money at the cash for whatever the fucking cause. Holy shit. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you guys go to one or two stores a week. You know, but I'm, I'm in places like four or five times a week for the tastings. Cause I gotta buy ice every day and it's gotta, you know, can't, can't be melted or sit around in the car. You know, I'll buy shit on my way to the tastings and I can't have certain things. So I'm in grocery stores like four or five times a week when I'm doing these tastings and doing other things, you know, would you like support to give a dollar to support? No, leave me alone. If I said yes, every fucking time, I don't know why I'm able to say uh, no to them, but I'm always, I'm always guilted into a dollar tip at the fucking pickup places. I think, I think it's because I know they didn't do anything but ask, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas the other people like made your food. I think maybe that's what it is. One of those, like, don't fuck with people that, that handle your food. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I hate being asked to support causes. I do shows for causes. I support causes. I perform for free a few times a year for, for my causes of choice, you know? And I just, I, I think that you guys too, Seth Park did a great episode on that and just how they make you feel when you say no or whatever, but I, I've started, I've gotten to the point where like, would you like to give a dollar? I'm like, hell no. And then I just look at everybody else. Yeah. Hell no. No. 
it's funny too because I remember I was standing in line at the LCBO and they were they're doing like United Way this month and asking everyone for you know and small you know would you like to make a small donation for United Way and the person in front of me was like no and I just looked at him I go how about a large donation <laughs> and he laughed and the cashier laughed but I, I I'm like I'm almost like uh, I'm a very big fan of language George Carlin was a big fan of language and that's one of the things I like is I like that that again, structuring shit, right? I told you guys last week about like empowering and disempowering questions. It's like, that's just the way things are. If you structure something a certain way. So I just love it. It's like, would you like to make a small donation? Da, da, da. No, how about a large one? You want to make a large one? Oh shit. I thought that's what it was. So, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm sick of being asked for money at cashers. No more, no more money. You, you can't have any more of my money. You know, I do. Here's another little, I'll, I'll share this. Here's a little humble brag. Every single month I give uh, $20 to the humane society. It's not a lot, 240 bucks a year. Um, you know, again, I I'm fucking driving Uber and, and doing tastings that I don't want to do. So if I had more money to give than that, I would, but it's just something that I, I, I feel like, um, uh, I feel like animals are sensitive. You know, there's a moose. Here's a story. How the fuck did I let this happen? I didn't even bother to make a note about it. It only made me think of animals and, um, I, I, I feel bad for animals. Everybody, everybody protects kids because kids are innocent, right? Part of me is trying to buy time for Chris to get his fucking email in. Chris, I swear to God, it's coming along nicely. I just need another 10 minutes or so. Okay. Well, let's put it in. Hurry the fuck up. There we go. And then smiley face. So he knows I'm kidding. All right. And you'll hear this, Chris. So when this is coming in, you'll know exactly where in the podcast you are and how much fucking filler I'm doing. And this better be a goddamn good email. I got to be honest, guys, when when it comes to emails, uh, Chris definitely writes in the the best level of humor um, in terms of making them fun. I I, I am probably going to buy him enough time to get there. We still have to go through the uh, the partners and everything like that. But um, yeah, so this happened. This, This story popped back into my head. I, I talk about how people will give money to children's charities because people take care of kids. Why? Because kids are innocent and things like that. Well, I, I feel the same way about animals. Animals are also innocent. Um, you know, they don't know what's going on. I, I feel like, I feel like when people are like hurting animals and stuff like that, um, an animal doesn't have the capacity to understand. Like even young children can, can sort of understand, like if you were hurting a kid, you know, at least they would, they would understand that you're mad at them. Like if you're yelling, you fucking little, I, I'm not saying that's okay. I'm not before anyone fucking jumps down my throat. I'm not saying it's okay, but like, just think of how much more comfortable you are with a situation when you understand it, even if it sucks, just the fact that you understand it is, it makes something a little more, gives you some sort of inner peace on it. Like, you know, that's, oh, it's just the way it is. That sucks. Like, yeah, it sucks, but you get it. You know, and I'm not saying that kids have that level of reason, but at least like, you know, if a kid breaks something and then he has a shitty parent that's spanking them and being abusive, at least that, at least they go, well, I'm being like, I'm being spanked because I broke that and they shouldn't take that shame, whatever, but just, there's just, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it takes the edge off of the fear part. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not just an insanity. Like, why is the world doing this? You know what I mean? What's happening right now? Like that level of fear and disorientation or whatever. And I feel like that's what happens when people like abuse animals and stuff like that. Because like, you know, there's all these things where it's like, if you have a dog, right? Like people beat dogs and and fucking throw them down the stairs and things like that. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to take this in a really dark turn, but people are horrible to fucking animals. All right. 
Um, poor fucking animal. They don't, they don't understand what's going on. It's like, this is your dog loves you. And then, you know, you come home drunk or you're just a piece of shit. The dog, like a dog chews on your shoe, right? And then you just come out, you find the dog, you know, and you get mad at him and you hit him or whatever. It's like the dog doesn't even remember what he did, you know? That's why they say, like, if your dog pees on the carpet and then, you know, like you find it later and you spank him, you know, it's like, well, he doesn't know that's why you're giving him shit. You know what I mean? Like if you, you have to sort of like, if you're doing corrections with dogs, you have to do it when it happens. So they know specifically, you know, at least they have a better chance of understanding specifically what the action was. Whereas people just come home, they see something they get mad and they go over and hit the dog dog. The dog's not sitting there compartmentalizing his day and going, okay, well, what all did I do today? And of all those things, what's the one that's the newest and probably the, oh, that's got to, that doesn't happen with animals. They don't fucking know. You know what I mean? So like you got your dog fucking loves you, loyal to you. Right. Every, every, till the, to the very last beat of his heart is your fucking thing. He loves yours whole world and you just beat the shit out of them or whatever, spank them or hit them or whatever. Your, your cats, people don't really fucking hit cats. Cats are little, cats are little fuckers. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you don't see people like hitting cats. I, I mean, not in a correction way. Cause right. You're not really training your cat, your cat. Like, like that's, that's the point that people have given up on cats how untrainable cats are that it's gotten to the point societally where we're like, yeah, we just, you just have to have a box in the house for the cat to shit in. Cause you just, it's not going to go outside. You can't train your cat to go shit outside. You know, it's going to shit in the house and that's just the way it is. You know, think of all the things that we have to make life easier. Your fucking shaving gear gets shipped to your house. You can buy, you can buy pre-designed chef meals that get shipped to your house. All the ingredients properly packaged, right? Your style shipped to your house all the apps that do everything, internet banking, everything to make your life easy. We still have not found a way to get cats to stop shitting inside. Like that's the level of fuck you that cats have. And then the level of fuck you that human beings have for themselves where they're like, well, I want something to love me, but I don't want to do anything. Is there something that I can like cuddle for a little bit and then go away from, you know, it just goes, goes back and basically, you know, makes other people not want to come to my house because they have allergies and stuff like that. You know, like how do I push people away and somehow not be aware that I'm pushing people away? You know, how do I do that? A cat is a cat, a perfect thing. It'll, it'll just be sitting on the couch and, you know, have a guest over maybe if you're lucky enough to, and then just all of a sudden something reaches up front of the couch and scratches their fucking legs or feet because, oh, it's just playing. Yeah. Fuck off. How about that? You know? Oh, nice cactus. I mean, just, just play around with that. Scratch myself up to it. It's just stupid. Cats are fucking useless. Matt Carter, who was featuring last night, had a great line about cats. He goes, cats are like a house, like house plants with a pulse. And that's the, that's the thing. Cats are so fucking, I don't know. I, I don't see any value in cats. I've had cats that are a little friendly, but I, as I get older, my allergies are changing. I'm starting to be more and more allergic to cats. So it's like something that's going to like make my fucking afternoon miserable. So I can like, so it can rub its fucking face on my face or something when I'm not looking, you know, I don't know. I, I like dogs better, but, uh, but the point I was getting at with the dogs is just, you know, they, they don't know any better. They're, they're tons of personality. They're loving, they're loyal, you know? I feel bad for animals. People buy, people buy animals. I told you guys this back in Christmas, people buy animals impulsively, you know, because it's like, oh, that'd be a cool thing to have right now. And then there's, there's no, you know, there, there's no need or not no need, but there's the, the work comes and they don't want to do it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want this anymore. And then they put it in the, the pound for adoption. And it's like, that's fucking sad. So I feel bad for these, these animals. Um, 
and and that's why I give again another very long explanation for something very simple. That's why I give I give a measly twenty dollars. Okay, a measly two hundred forty bucks a year. But I feel like if more people did that, I think it alleviates some of the. Um, I think some of the just just the guilt, right? Twenty bucks, twenty bucks, and think of how many more animals have homes. They wouldn't have to euthanize them. You know what I mean? They can take proper care of them and stuff like that. Um, whatever. I just, I, I do, I do feel bad for animals. I feel like they have the same level of innocence as, as children. And like I said, when, when bad shit's happening to animals, as much as it's bad when it happens to kids too, I think that just the level of the, the, the that much more fear that an animal must have, because it just doesn't understand what's going on. Imagine the, like, like I said, this was, um, this happened the other day. There's a fucking moose on, uh, on the Queensway, on the Ford 17 here in Ottawa. And it was back in traffic up. I think it like wandered on early morning when there wasn't much traffic. And then what happened was as, you know, the morning rush hour and commute happened, like I was talking with somebody in my Uber drive who told me about it. And he was saying one of his colleagues was going to be late. And this is like nine o'clock. So the moose was on there for several hours. And, um, it was, it was just, it was just standing by the side. Like the cops had circled it in with, with cars and it wasn't being aggressive. It was just standing there, probably terrified. You know what I mean? Like it wandered onto the highway early morning when there wasn't much traffic. So it's just walking onto a lane, right? And then the next thing you know, it's fucking surrounded by these metal things that are honking and making noise and probably very hot. The weather's been very hot here. So with all the uh, emissions and everything like that, it's poor fucking moose. Probably, I mean, gonna be honest, probably terrified. It's stuck there. And, uh, and in the end, they killed it. How about that, huh? In the end, they killed the fucking moose because uh, I was chatting with Jason about this. As I said, that the, probably the reason is that it was it would have cost way too much money because there's no way they'd be like, well, we we can't get it. It wasn't a very big moose. You guys can fucking Google it. Moose on, you know, moose on highway in Ottawa or whatever, and you'll see it. it's not very big. But they probably figured, well, by the time we get something over here and get an expert to put it in the back of the thing and then set it free again, whatever. It's like, meh, let's just kill it, kill it, and drag the carcass off. It'd be a lot easier than trying to to mess with it. But that's, that's just one of those things that fucking, it just, it, it just makes me sad. You know what I mean? Like when, when a life comes down to, and I know it happens all the time in the fucking world, but when a life comes down to like, well, what's it going to cost to, to take care of it? Well, not that much. Well, then just fucking get rid of it. That's what happens in fucking pounds all the time, you know, and, and, and humane societies and everything like that. There's a fucking horrible documentary called, uh, it's, it's a great one in terms of the, the information it's giving you, but it fucking rips your heart apart to watch and you can find it online. It's called earthlings. Um, and the reason they use the term earthlings is it doesn't segregate or polarize anybody. It doesn't put things into genders or species or classes or anything like that. It's just every living thing on earth is effectively an earthling. But, um, it, that, that, uh, that documentary shows you what goes on in a lot of uh, pounds and humane societies and things like that. And everyone thinks that like the worst thing that happens to these animals is that they get uh, euthanized. You know, they're like, oh, well, they just put them to sleep. It's like, yeah, no, that's not the worst thing, believe it or not. Um, a lot of them don't make enough money to be able to afford euthanol, uh, the drug that, that puts them to sleep. So some of them, and they fucking show you this in the documentary. It's actually narrated by Joaquin Phoenix. Um, <laughs> but, uh, they will put these animals in a mass gas chamber. Like they, they will literally stuff dog after dog. If they can't find homes for them, they can't afford the euthanol. They will stuff dog after dog in these big fucking metal boxes and fill it with gas. And you, and you're, you're seeing like, you see them stuff the dogs in and then you just see them fucking take these, these lifeless carcasses out. It's fucking heartbreaking. 
Um, and and even that is fucking. I don't even. I honestly don't know what's worse because there's other parts of the, the world. There's parts in this documentary where you see them taking stray dogs off the street and throwing them in the back of garbage trucks. And the dog's just sitting there as the thing's coming down, has no idea what's about to, oh my God, I'm so sorry if I fucking, I, I hate when people share horrible shit like that on, on social media, see someone abusing, they're like, this is horrible, it's got to stop. I'm like, well, fuck, you just ruined my day. What can I do about it? You just showed me that that shit happened. But I, I give money to the Humane Society, a paltry amount, but it's something that I can do that hopefully helps out a little bit to counteract my being a horrible human being. Um... Just, just by being a human being on this planet, we're, we're horrible for the record. So the next time you guys are like, oh, the kids, you know, I know I've got some, some listeners that are, that are good people who've actually shared with me that, you know, environmental and animal charities receive, you know, less than 10% of, of all the charity money that's given. Everyone's like, oh, for the kids, for the kids, ah, fuck your fucking kids, more human beings, you know, and I, and I'm not saying that with hatred. Okay. Cause kids are great. Again, they are innocent, but we're the fucking ones making more of them. This world doesn't need more fucking people. All right. Relax. Fucking relax with the more fucking human production. You know, we need more houses. What, what do you think this moose got pushed in? What do you think there's, I see dead coyotes in Ottawa all the time, you know, that, that got hit on roads because when they were, you know, when they, when they left for the winter, there was fucking forest or something, or at least more habitat for them. When they came back, it all got fucking, it was all moved down or whatever. Maybe, maybe not so much, you know, winter or whatnot. There's not a lot of construction that goes on, but the point is like, they're here, they move away for a while. They come back to where they used to live. And now it's fucking, it's all gone. You know, the animal doesn't know what to fucking, again, it, it's level of confusion and fear and, and disorientation. Like it doesn't know. It doesn't go, Oh, look, there's tractors. They must've developed this land. You know, a kid plays with fucking tractors. They know what they do. Look, there's a bulldozer. It, it digs holes and this one pushes things down and this one. So again, you know what I mean? Like they have an idea of why things around them are changing. Animals don't. Anyways, whatever. I'll get off my fucking, I'm not even on a high horse about this. This is supposed to be a humble brag. Instead, it's like a fucking guilt trip for you guys. Sorry about that. But, uh, all, all I'm trying to say is that, uh, I, I really do feel bad for animals. And I felt awful the other day when I found out they had to fucking kill this moose because there's no way that they weren't able to, that there was no way that they could move it off, you know? And the only thing that happened to that moose in terms of like the time was it wandered onto a, a quiet highway. And then what happened? It filled up with people and now it's a hazard. So instead of keeping, they could have even just left the cop cars there and kept it quarantined all day until till night and then just be like, all right, now let's fucking lead it off this thing when it's dead again. Nope. That would have cost too much money. So something had to die, right? But if it was a kid, everyone would be up in arms, right? Well, this kid was a nuisance, so we had to kill it, you know? I mean, there's lots more that came from, but no, when it's a kid, very different. The kid will pay taxes one day, hopefully, unless they become a comedian. Anyways, <laughs> all right, moving on, guys. Humble brag was I gave five bucks to a fucking children's camp. Ugh. We should have been an animal one. I always tell people that too. Whenever someone's like, do you want to support this? And I go, do you have any animal charities? And they're like, no. And I go, well, sorry. That's where my money goes. Well, how about that? That was my week. Jesus Christ. It was a, this has been a somber podcast, eh? Just talking about all sorts of things that are sad and deep. This really is, I've got this thing listed as a fucking comedy podcast. I, I don't know where the comedy part comes in. It's almost like. If you want, if you enjoy my comedy, come see me do stand up. And if you want to know all the dark shit that goes on in my brain and all the, the fucking horrible things that I think that eventually sometime turn into comedy, you know, then listen to my podcast. 
basically that, that's like when people are like, oh my God, Robin Williams, he seemed like such a nice guy. It's like, if you listen to his one man podcast, <laughs> you would have heard all the, all the things leading up to it. Anyways, thanks for listening so far, guys. Um, just regular shit going on in life right now is, uh, I'm still, like I said, working on hitting the gym, working on the weight loss. And, uh, I, and I, I, I'm going to make this commitment to you guys is I will try that writing exercise. I mean, I, I want to do, I, I'm scared to do it. I've been scared for a very long time, but I will report that I wrote for 30 minutes to you next week. I don't know where I'm going to fit it in, but I will do it so that we have some forward momentum in terms of my goals. You guys are listening. I don't want to keep fucking just telling you the same shit over and over and over again. Cool deal. So having said that, Hey, <laughs> and it's funny too, because I've listened to the most, or sorry, I've watched the most television that I have in the last week or so. I think I watched, uh, I Tanya, which I thought was really, really good. Uh, won't really say a lot about it, but it's about Tanya Harding and you fucking really empathize with her. I remember when that shit was going on and she was very hated and judged and everyone thought that she fucked up Nancy Kerrigan. I got to say that you gotta, you gotta watch it. It gives you sort of an understanding of where she's coming from. And, uh, but a lot of fucking empathy for, uh, for her and her position in, in a lot of things, but, uh, it's on, uh, on Netflix, I Tanya starring the beautiful Margot Robbie. And they definitely gave her the monster treatment that they gave Charlize Theron. Um, Charlize Theron, absolutely beautiful, but they uglied her up for monster while they uglied up, uh, what's her face, Margot Robbie for I Tanya. but check that out. Anyways. So in terms of watching stuff, like I actually watched that movie and I, uh, and I watched a few episodes of Simon, better, better call Saul. So I, I normally don't watch TV shows. Like I said, I put something on to fall asleep too, but, uh, I've been watching these. So since I, uh, been actually watching a little bit of TV lately, I decided that this week's little, uh, article from uncle John's bathroom reader for my partners at portablepress.com Um, is going to be, uh, based on television. I just received a text message, uh, that Chris has sent in his email. So there you go, guys. It looks like he made it in the wire and it looks like I ran my mouth long enough to get this thing onto the podcast. So, um, because of the TV, I am reading from uncle John's, uh, bathroom reader tunes into TV from my partners at portablepress.com. And this article is called drawn from life. So going back to family guy being one of the worst things. I also American dad as well. Basically anything Seth MacFarlane does is uh, terrible enough to fall asleep to. So I, I decided to, uh, to pick up a little article from cartoons here. So where do cartoon characters come from? You might be surprised at the inspirations behind some of these. So Rosie voiced by Jean Vanderpile, the Jetsons robot maid was based on Shirley Booth's performance of a wisecracking maid on the 1960s sitcom Hazel. Hazel called her boss, Mr. B. So Rosie called George Jetson, Mr. J, Mr. J, um, Oh, Hey, funny enough. How about that? Mr. J is Rosie. Rosie was doing that before. Uh, speaking of fucking Margot Robbie, right. Is a uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn calls Joker, Mr. J. So how about that? That's kind of interesting. That's just added by me right now. Okay. Krusty the clown, Krusty the clown. When Simpsons creator, Matt Groening was a kid in Portland, Oregon in the 1960s, he often watched a gravelly voiced world weary TV clown named rusty nails. He was actually a very sweet clown says Groening with an incredibly frightening name. Uh, Dexter's laboratory for an animation project at an art Institute in 1992, budding artist, uh, Jendi Tart. Oh, Jesus Christ. Tartakovsky. 
Tartakovsky drew a tall, goofy-looking ballerina. Thinking she needed a nemesis, he drew a nerdy little boy with big glasses. Tartakovsky decided the boy was a genius scientist, just like his own older brother. But the mischievous ballerina named Didi was modeled on Tartakovsky himself. When he was young, he would annoy his brother by messing with all of his scientific equipment. Tartakovsky built Dexter's laboratory around the duo, which premiered in 1995. Rugrats! In 1991, cartoon producer Arlene Klasky had one day to come up with a new series for Nickelodeon. She and her writing partner, Paul Germain, had a few ideas, but nothing was working. Then Klasky looked at her baby and wrote a few things down in her notebook. Then I called Paul and just read him my notes. If babies could talk, what would they say? The next day, they pitched the idea to Nickelodeon and Rugrats was born. And uh, finally, Butthead. When animator Mike Judge was in college, he lived next door to a 12-year-old kid who called himself Iron Butt, Judge recalls. Supposedly, you could kick him in the butt as hard as you wanted, and it wouldn't hurt him. A troublemaker, Iron Butt used to sneak into Judge's house and once burned down a tree. He became the inspiration for Beavis's friend, Butthead. And uh, the running feet at the bottom of this one, the great thing about animation is that you don't have to pay the actors squat. Homer Simpson. And that, my friends, is Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. Tunes into TV. From my partners at portablepress.com. Um, and as always, uh, so I, I mentioned this two earlier guys, the final preliminary rounds of the prove your comic competition are over. Um, in Ottawa and Toronto, this is the last week of the preliminaries. So uh, in Toronto, I mean, you guys are going to hear this on Wednesday. So the last night in Ottawa is this evening. So feel free to uh, you know go to Absolute Comedy. You can vote for whoever you want to move forward. And uh, you got uh, Wednesday and Thursday in Toronto to go out and support uh, some upcoming comics. But I would say that next week in both Ottawa and Toronto, you have the, uh, the finals, which is all of the best people who've been voted by the audience who've moved forward. Plus the wildcard choices. So if you were in Ottawa or Toronto, um, this, this coming, this next coming week. And of course I'll probably mention it next week too, but, uh, this upcoming week, uh, you will see the finals that prove you're coming. You will see, uh, dreams made, for uh, for a comic in both cities, so uh, definitely check out absolutecomedy.ca. You can see who's moved forward so far, and if you want to be a part of something special for some would-be comics who still have the hunger that I have I have lost over the years, uh, you'll you'll have an opportunity to see uh, see them rise. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America, with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, 
elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Please drink resplendently. And who else is there? Oh, there's probably one more. It's the one that I always save for last. Is my partners at DK Dorling Kindersley, guys. And this week I read... Oh, boy, did I ever... Um, <laughs> I read the Smithsonian dinosaurs, a visual encyclopedia. So I wish almost that I had, I had grabbed this one uh, a little earlier. Cause it would have been great. You know, I, you know, if I'd done this the week, Jurassic park had come out, right. I could have reviewed that movie. I could, uh, I could have read this book at the same time, but it just doesn't always work out that way. Um, however, I will say that this book is fucking awesome, right? That's the way they want. Put it on your website, DK, the words of this foul mouthed comedian, uh, Falmouth Uber driver who moonlights as a comedian, uh, dinosaurs, a visual encyclopedia guys was super good. Um, I I'm not a huge dinosaur guy, so it's not like this is super niche for me there. They actually have, um, a bunch of stuff from, uh, from dinosaurs, uh, just different, different age groups, right? So there's lots of stuff for kids and whatnot. In fact, in, in fact, this one's actually in the kids section, the dinosaurs, a visual encyclopedia, but, um, Smithsonian does a lot of work with DK. They are the world's largest museum. Um, there was even a, uh, a night at the museum, something, the Smithsonian or whatever with Ben Stiller, but, um, the Smithsonian series, they have a lot of different books. So I'm just, I'm going to say that real quick before there's a Smithsonian animals book, which is huge hardcover. I, I should have grabbed one when they were at Costco, but, uh, I just, I just didn't. And, and such as the way things are, you know, you snooze, you lose, um, but yeah, they have the Smithsonian stuff like with, with cars and planes and war stuff. And, um, so all of the Smithsonian books from DK are outstanding and I will have more of them in the future. Um, very excited to, to share with you guys, but this one here is, is all about dinosaurs. And as always, it's filled with wonderful, wonderful pictures. Um, but the whole book. So again, as much as it's an encyclopedia, so an encyclopedia doesn't work like a regular read, right? It's different reference points and things like that. But, um, I really, really liked the, the part that I found the most fascinating as much as there's lots of animals and stuff like that. The, the part that I really did find the most fascinating of this book was learning about the earth itself and how prehistoric life worked on earth. And I don't mean prehistoric like dinosaurs. I'm talking like the fact that earth was a fucking exploding rock. And that was, it. excuse me, that was it. You know, volcanoes just erupting all the time. No water on earth, just a big fucking rock. And then, you know, meteorites and things like that hitting earth with water, you know, and, and slowly, slowly, slowly over time, adding more water into the first life starting in like these super hot boiling fucking lakes on earth, you know, and just the, the earth's surface, you know, getting larger and larger and larger and just how life slowly started to evolve from there. So um, as much as the book is about dinosaurs, it, it actually, the first section has so much on how just the earth itself changed, um, to start supporting life and things like that. So it's almost like a history of life on earth up to a certain point. Um, there's also a really good section that tells you about the different, so they have different periods and eras. And that was another thing too, Barry, cause we've all heard when Jurassic park is called that because of the period, right? Well, 
you'll also hear about eras, right? So for example, the Mesozoic era, I'd heard all these, but I didn't know how to quantify them and which one came when and where, right? Because you, you hear like, oh, the Jurassic period and the Mesozoic era. And I was like, oh, those different. It's like, actually, no, the Mesozoic era, just as an example, the Mesozoic era started with the Triassic period, the Jurassic period, and then the Cretaceous period. But those were all from the Mesozoic era. Whereas before that, they have the Paleozoic era, right? Which has like the fucking Precambrian and Cambrian or Dovatian, Silurian, Denovian. You guys know all these things. I, I couldn't tell you them. I'm clearly reading them off the page right now. But they had a super cool, like there's even this really interesting, like sort of, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a spiral that shows kind of what the earth's surface looked like throughout all these periods, um, you know, and, and how there was one supercontinent, right? Pangea, that I knew. Um, but it's telling you all the different timelines. This thing has like, um, and this is just still in the very early sections of the book telling you about how fossils worked, right? So basically just how do we find this information on dinosaurs and stuff and, and how fossils work and how they're preserved and everything like that, because you can't just have, it's not like an animal just dies and we find its bones, right? That's not how it works. If you die on the surface, a lot of things can happen. Um, but, but effectively the main fossilization shit happens when somebody, when an animal dies near something like a water, it's basically in order for it to, to have the best chance at becoming a fossil, it needs to die and be covered up almost right away by like mud or dirt or sandstorm or something like that. So by being covered gives it the best chance of being preserved because then the, the, the land changes and stuff like that. But, um, this book has everything references from sizes of different animals. It has invertebrates, um, sort of invertebrates as a lot of people say, but the, the main thing is that there's so many different sections of this book with different animals and stuff like that. And like I said, a lot of what I've talked about was just really in the, the prehistoric life thing, but they, they, they do everything from invertebrates to early vertebrates, right? They do dinosaurs and birds, and they even have a huge section on mammals. They talk about Darwin and how animals adapted. Like you, you get to see basically early versions of the elephant and how they evolved and shit over time. Like it's, it's really, really quite interesting. The whole book, as much as it's called like the Smithsonian dinosaurs, there's so much more beyond dinosaurs in this book. You know, they, they, they have a big section on, on fish and, and underwater. Like, so again, is I, I don't want to say the title is misleading because there is a lot of stuff on dinosaurs in here, but it, it really is quite fascinating. A lot of dinosaur breeds, like you'd think that this would have like 10 pages on Tyrannosaurus, but there's only one, only one, you know double page like they, there is for everything else on Tyrannosaurus. They don't even call them Tyrannosaurus Rex. They just call them Tyrannosaurus. And the picture shows them with hair because um, as they were younger, they had more hair. So this really is a a great, great book if you have any interest in any kind of prehistoric stuff. It, it honestly, like I said, the, the thing that lasted the most with me is there's all sorts of animals all over the earth today, right? Which with different characteristics and different qualities and things like that. But I have to say, after reading this book, the thing that, that lasted with me the longest um, was mostly how shit was preserved and, and how the earth was a long time ago. Just the evolution of earth itself is, is what stuck with me the, the longest more than anything else. So again, without giving too much away or just simply reading off of pages, um, the, the Smithsonian dinosaurs book is called dinosaurs, a visual encyclopedia by DK is, is super, super outstanding. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as I did. I thought I'd be looking at a book with, you know, an encyclopedia with a bunch of dinosaur shit in it, but, uh, like everything from how archeologists, not archeologists, sorry, uh, paleontologists, um, how they bring things up and even just the kind of like graph paper and shit that they use, because once they do it, they have to, uh, 
they have to graph it right from the ground, right? They don't just take pictures of it. They literally will draw it on graph paper with scale and things like that. But this talks about like early canines and things like that. And, and like I said, there's even a section on mammals and, and early, you know, uh, cave, cavemen and stuff, cave people. Um, so yeah, um, definitely, definitely a super book. Um, if you're into that kind of stuff or even just looking for your kids, I got a lot of friends with kids, um, check out some of the earlier, you know, uh, I don't want to say earlier, but maybe some of the, uh, the simpler DK dinosaur stuff, because, um, it's outstanding. It's absolutely outstanding. Check it out online. Um, but if you're looking for something fun, if you know anyone who's interested in that, like I said, um, I think that the title dinosaurs doesn't really do it justice because it's really, I would, I would have even called the book, um, you know, like, you know, prehistoric life, you know, and, and earth's prehistory. You know, before, before people, huh? Wasn't I talking about this before? You know what? That's a way to bring this all back to nothing. Before people came around and started fucking everything up. That's the book because, and I can tell you this right now, another little precursor. There is a great book coming up from the, how it works series, uh, called how we're fucking up the planet. And I, I fucking can't wait. Excuse me. Cannot wait to get my hands on that. I cannot wait because it'll just add more food to my fire that fucking people, but, uh, but <laughs> dinosaurs, a visual encyclopedia by Smithsonian and DK is, is a, another, honestly, another home run, um, from DK. Um, I'm, I'm, I love these guys. You know, I love them. And speaking of DK, the contest is live and in full effect right now. So listening to this guys, I, I have some entries, but I don't have, I don't have tons. So, um, I, I talked about the, how it works series. Uh, that's not the one that's on contest right now. It's the big ideas, simply explain series. So you can go to uh, dk.com slash CA and you'll see a link that you can click on for the big idea, simply explained. Or if you're following on, uh, following the one man podcast on Facebook, uh, I have a couple posts in there with the links themselves. You can click on and look at the series. So here's how this competition competition contest works. Um, share the post. I've got two video posts on there for the contest. If you share each one of them, that gets you two more ballots. Easy peasy. Got a big spreadsheet with everyone's names in it. I get notified when you share it. Easy. There's there's two free ballots for you right there. If you want to post a picture or a video, okay, of a DK book or you with a DK book, all you have to do is tag One Man Podcast and DK Books in that. If you don't know which one's a tag, it's the same ones from those Facebook videos. So there's a cheat sheet for you right there to see how to tag it. Um, but if you post a picture or video, tag DK in it, uh, there's another ballot for you. Okay. And I'm saying like, you can just go to DK's website and go, oh, I, I, that's the book I'd want, you know, or that's one that I have, or even fuck it. I don't know. It doesn't have to be one from the big idea. Simply explain. All we want to know is that you are looking and you are excited about the option to, uh, the opportunity to win a DK book. So take a screenshot of the book that you want and just post it. go, Hey, I love this one. One man podcast, DK books. Boom. There's another ballot. I'm not limiting you to how many times you do that. You guys want to get super excited and tell, you know, tell me your top three wins. You could do that. You know, I'm going to give you a ballot for every time that you post something and you tag DK and one man podcast. All right. Um, it's going to be, it's on Facebook or sorry, it's on Twitter and Instagram as well. So Instagram is easy. There's nothing to share or anything like that on Instagram. All you do is just post a picture, tag DK books, one man podcast, and, and there's another ballot for you on Twitter. I tried doing a video the other day and for some reason I thought I'd posted it and I know I hit send, but maybe the video is too long. So it's not there. So, um, you're going to see on Facebook, Twitter, and, um, and Instagram, I will be posting, uh, the little graphic that they made up for me for the big idea, simply explained contest. If you see that and you retweet it, another ballot. 
Okay, so we're just trying to get you guys engaged, but the idea is that you will win. What, what do you win as a prize? When we do the draw for the winner, the winner gets to go into the series and they can pick any one book from that series. All right, so the big ideas simply explained. As I mentioned, just as one more time, I've, I've posted the pictures before, but in case you don't know, um, that that series has all sorts of things. Um, for example, just looking at the ones on my shelf, there's the astronomy book, business book, crime book, economics book, history book, literature book, mythology book, philosophy, politics, psychology, religion, science, sociology. They have all these big things. There's also one that I, I haven't been able to get my hands on yet because it's never in store is the art book. And I want the art book. Um, and they've even got ones that go more niche. So for example, there is a, uh, the literature book, which I have, but then they have a book devoted entirely to Shakespeare. They have the Shakespeare book. They have a book devoted entirely to Sherlock Holmes. Um, in terms of, I got the religions book, but there is a, the Bible book. You know what I mean? So if you're very into religion and specifically the Bible, well, there's a book that's, that's all about just the Bible. Um, there's the, there's a, the movies book. There's the Star Trek book. I know that, uh, they have coming out, uh, next month, the, uh, I believe it's the classical music book, you know, so there's all sorts of things like that. So when you, uh, if you win this competition, you get to pick which book from the series that you want. All right. So, uh, don't miss that opportunity to, to get an amazing, amazing book from DK. They'll ship it right to you. Everything's super fun. So again, very quickly, thank you for, for listening to me, giving you guys all these rules, but I want you to win. They're excited to do more of these. As I mentioned, the, uh, we're, we're looking at doing one from the, how it works series later on. And, and of course, as, as things go on with DK, DK themselves will put a lot of these books into, um, into like little, like summer themes and fall themes and stuff like that. So a lot of the ones that I've read you guys before, you know, like some of the yoga stuff and the happiness stuff and the minimalization, sometimes they'll do like a, you know, Hey, your summer detox and they'll have a group of books. Well, we'll be doing competitions and con, sorry, I keep calling them competitions because that's what it is in stand up. I, I say that word a lot. We'll be doing contests for, for groups like that in the future too. So for, for myself and for DK, we just want to see that you guys are interested, right? If you guys aren't interested, well, then we have no reason to do this, but if you guys want to win books and things like that, uh, let's, let's generate some noise and let's show them that, that my listeners are excited, uh, for their stuff. And, uh, you know, Hey, if you've picked up something by DK recently, like I said, it doesn't have to be a book from this series that you show a picture of. We just want to see that you're, you're fans of, of DK. So, um, take a picture of what you have post it. You know, Tiff, I've seen your pictures out there. Tiffany, uh, you know, a regular listener to the podcast, uh, had her daughter hold up a copy of the business book. So definitely know that you've already got one from the series. Perfect opportunity for, for you to get another one from the series. Um, I know my friend, uh, Red, regular writer in uh, the podcast too. Red was, uh, was mentioning something about the food book that we reviewed last week. And, um, and as much as that one's not part of the giveaway, um, it may end up in something later on or something similar to it. So um, I highly, 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 highly recommend that book. Again, the food book by DK that we talked about last week. Um, super, super good book. But anyways, yak, yak, yak. If you're on Facebook and you're following One Man Podcast, if you're not following it, start there. Like the page, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. These are the things that you need to see so that you can just retweet and get extra ballots you know, or, or share and get extra ballots. So if you see anything from the contest that I post, share it, boom, instant extra ballot for you. You post a picture, tag DK and, and uh, one man podcast, there's another ballot for you, you know? So it, it, there's lots of opportunities to, uh, to get out there. And I'm, I'm excited to see, to hear what you guys think. So moving on from that, very excited for the competition, dinosaurs, a visual encyclopedia by Smithsonian and DK, amazing, amazing book. Um, and there's just gonna be more and more amazing ones coming uh, down the pipeline. So, um, thanks for listening to that. All my partners, uh, portable press, absolute comedy, Summersby and DK, uh, this week, 
as soon as this podcast ends, I am going to uh, go downstairs. Simon is patiently waiting. We're going to watch a few more episodes of Better Call Saul. And the only thing I have on my entire list of things coming up this week is Uber in the morning and uh, and doing several LCBO tastings in the evening. So there's there's what my profession is. Just taking a look at that. But I I have I have made a commitment to you guys to write for 30 minutes. Those five things list that I was doing are, are not going as well as I thought because the days are kind of up and down. Still working on them, but I know I'm not I'm not using my Breathe app as much and I've been trying to read for 30 minutes a day, which has happened some days, but but not others. So it's kind of falling apart, but I, I at least I recognize the fact that, you know, by not doing those things, and even though I've got the little reminders all around me, by not doing those things every single day, that's that's me sort of making a mental... I'm mentally aware that it's going, well, then you don't really want to do it. Otherwise you got to make these more of a priority. So they're still sitting around everywhere. And I'm going to try to make them more. In fact, I, maybe, maybe I'll own that shit tonight and, uh, and do everything on that list to try to get myself back on track. But writing for 30 minutes was going to be one of the things on a, you know, on one of the upcoming things. And, um, maybe that's just it. Maybe I just don't want this shit enough. Maybe I'm too scared, right? Maybe I'm running for my problems. Huh? Huh? Anyways, uh, how are you guys doing? Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Let me know what's going on. You guys want to want to wear your heart in your sleeve for a minute and, and chat with me? You want to you bitch at the universe the same way I do? You know, feel free. I'll give you a fucking outlet. I will read it to everyone. Not only will I hear it, but everyone who listens will hear it. So uh, having said that, I almost had no emails this week, but we've all been part of the is Chris going to get his email on time saga. And he did in fact. So my email from Chris says, hey, Josh, I had a chance to watch the new it movie and thought I'd give you my two cents. Now I've never read the book. And although I'm certain I've seen the Tim Curry miniseries, I really don't remember it. So I feel I was going in with the most open mind. And I got to tell you, I was a fan. As I hope everyone is aware, the first movie is essentially chapter one and focuses solely on the protagonist as kids in the 1980s. I really like this theme question mark. Is that a theme question mark setting? Maybe question mark. Anyway, it gives off the same vibe as stranger things or the Goonies stand by me, etc. This is a pen and paper RPG created by one of the same dudes who made a dead of winter called kids on bikes. What? Uh, which is exactly the same setting theme question mark, question mark as these movies. And, oh, hold on. Oh, there is a pen and paper RPG created by one of the same. Okay. I thought you said this is, uh, like the movie was okay. So there's a pen and paper RPG created by one of the same dudes who made dead of winter called kids on bikes, which is exactly the same setting theme. Okay. Okay. Have you played it? All right. I'd, I'd like to know more about that sometime, Chris. Um, as these, sorry. Same thing as these movies. And although I'll, I'd never buy it. Oh, there you go. I wouldn't mind being part of a campaign. Anyway, I'm off topic. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, and you even put the proper little symbol over his A. What a, what a douche. Uh, <laughs> Bill Skarsgård did an amazing job with Pennywise. During his first scene with Georgie, I was mesmerized by his facial expressions and the way he talked and most importantly, oddly, the way he used his mouth. Uh, it reminded me of that YouTube video the annoying orange, which might sound bad, but the way he moved his mouth was very disturbing, just like Pennywise. Yeah, I remember the annoying orange. Brody used to watch that when he was younger. Uh, now, where the movie lost me, and this is purely my fault, was when Pennywise showed his true form and all those teeth came out. Anytime something like this happens, the movie loses all tension. It pulls it from a realm of possibility, psycho clowns killing kids, to full-out science fiction. Well, that's what it's about, though. 
Uh, the same thing happens near the end of any Resident Evil game when this crazy mutated monstrosity tries to bash your brains in. Yeah, of course. I guess I'm more frightened of the idea of what might be like, uh, like, and here is another Resident Evil example. When you enter a room and hear click, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. The click, 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 click. And you know that the, you know that the moment you move, the screen will change and you'll be face to face with a liquor. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because of those fixed camera angles. Um, it's that tension before that really gets my heart racing. Anyway, I really liked it and can't wait for chapter two. Uh, now for a maps. So, oh, hey, the maps are not as dead as I thought. One thing that is a majorly, sorry, that is majorly awesome is when you find an old folded bill in an old coat or deep in your wallet or purse. You don't need the money, but damn right, you're going to spend it. And something that is pure shit is when you're running out of data on your phone, but your carrier only tells you when you've hit 95%. How about a 50% or 75% heads up? Talk to you soon, Chris. Chris, there is in fact settings that you can set, at least if you're with TELUS, you can um, you can go into your profile and ask it to send you a 75 and 50% uh, data usage. As a matter of fact, it'll actually do that. Um, but you have to set that up as a notification because they try not to inundate you with stuff. So to solve your minor annoyance, um, there you go. That that's that. Um, in terms of it too, like I've I have I I just recently like I saw the Tim Curry miniseries many times, and um, and I saw the new movie. Actually, I think I saw it like two three times in theaters because I was doing a lot of those those theater gigs. Um, but I, I recently listened to the audiobook. So so what's happening in it is, and I think that they're actually going to go into it in the movies. Is that um, you know, no spoiler alerts. Cause I'm not telling anybody what happens, but I'll tell you what, what, at least in the book Pennywise is, is he's sort of like, he's like this, this, this alien and he's, he's alien. He wasn't created on earth or whatever. You know, they never goes into that in the, the Tim Curry miniseries, but there's a lot of things that they actually don't do in the Tim Curry miniseries. Um, is, uh, is it, it's the, the, um, Pennywise is like the, the embodiment of consumption. So he, he, he consumes and he stirs about and in the, and in the movies and in the, um, in the miniseries, they don't actually go into this, but Pennywise actually is a huge shit disturber, um, of adults too. Like he's not just, um, how do I put this? He's not just eating children. It's just that children are easier to scare. And he's always referred to scaring kids. Or, or, or filling things with fear as salting the meat. Like it's hard for him to consume them if they're not afraid. Being afraid helps it easier to consume. That's why there's that one particular scene where he's talking to, uh, well, you know, without giving anything away, he's talking to that one kid. And when they say, I'm not scared of you, you know, like you're, you're referring to specifically when he has all the teeth or whatever. Um, when he says, I'm not scared of you, he goes, ah, you will be. But that's the thing. He can't consume them because they're not scared. So, and it's the same thing with adults is adults. He makes them mad at each other and they, it causes giant riots and things in the books, which they may get into in chapter two. Um, they may not. Um, there's a scene as the kids that they talked about doing, um, they talked about like the smoke, the smoke scene. Um, they talked about doing that in the movie, but they were saying that the special effects costs and everything like that to have actually shown that scene would have been too expensive. So they omitted it, but there's a lot of like, uh, figuring out what Pennywise really is that, um, that, uh, you know, comes into play in the book. So in terms of this whole, like, you know, he's a, he's a clown and then he turns into this, like, you know, 
toothed thing. It's like, yeah, his real form is something very different. But the thing is, um, the reason he appears as a clown so much is not because he is a clown, but because clowns are something that make, you know, that, that make him a lot more accessible to children. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, so to make, to make kids approach them and get them to a place where they're more vulnerable and where he can scare them, whatever. But in the book, Pennywise takes many, many different forms. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example of one of them. So, um, there is a scene where Pennywise is, is changing forms into a lot of different things. Again, I'm not spoiling, I'm not saying where in the movie this happens, but there's a part where he starts taking on a bunch of different forms when he's with the kids. And one of those forms that he takes is uh, a mummy and it makes almost no sense. He turns into like a mummy and there's like cloth and stuff flying around uh, when he's fighting Ben. Well, that comes from a part in the book where Ben was walking home, um, you know, in the middle of winter or whatever. And uh, he had seen, you know, uh, the, the mummy movie, the old universal mummy. Because keep in mind, the book was written, you know, came out in the 80s. So, you know, like they're adults in the fucking 80s and and. And the, the kid part of it was like the fucking, I don't know, 60s or the 50s. I can't remember exactly when, but it was a long time ago. So he's a kid and he saw the the mummy, the old universal mummy movie, and it scared him or whatever. It gave him, you know, worry. So he was walking home um, from, uh, I can't remember the order in which it happened, but he was walking home from from school or something in the, the wintry day. And he looked out over this, you know, this river that, you know, he was crossing the bridge on just a little bridge over a river, not a, not a big high one. And, um, the, uh, how did it work? He saw, I think he saw a clown first and was wondering why the clown was standing out in the frozen water of the river. And as it walked closer to him, it, it's, you know, the, the face started to age, whatever. And it started to turn into the mummy from the, from the, the universal movie. And he was just like paralyzed with fear. And it wasn't until it started climbing up onto the bridge that he was able to like break and, and start running. But he was all by himself. It's like a bridge over a lake. That's kind of like, you know, runs along the side of a, a less populated area. So he was, you know, Pennywise isn't a clown. Just Pennywise has been the most accessible form that he's ever had, uh, for children. His real form is something different. Anyways, if that explains it more. But I do know what you're talking about Resident Evil, where it's like the whole game you've been you've been fucking finding, you know, when you're fighting with Wesker or, or a Wesker type, and it's like, oh, it's just a dude with sunglasses and you're chatting with him and he's always very evil and glowing red eyes. And then they just split open and turn into these big creatures. So it's like the end of, uh, I don't know if you ever played Batman Arkham Asylum, but you've been fighting Joker. Everyone knows who Joker is. You're, you're going after Joker the whole game and you're like, well, to fight just Joker with his scrawny little arms and legs and everything isn't much, but Joker injects himself with something at the end of this game and grows into this giant beast. Now you've got an actual physical threat. You know, it's just that kind of thing that I guess it's just like they're threatening in a conversation throughout the whole game, but in order for you to actually feel physically threatened by them, they have to grow into something more, more grotesque and large or whatever. But, uh, but I, I, I feel you motherfucker. I feel you saying anyways, uh, thanks for the email, dude. Glad you sent it in. Um, all of you are always welcome to do that. Contact at one man podcast.com guys. Thank you to all my sponsors, portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca, summersb and dk.com slash ca. Get your opportunities, uh, get your, get your ballots in guys, lots of opportunities to, uh, to get ballots. And I, I really look forward to, uh, announcing it. the contest is, uh, if I didn't mention this earlier, only open to Canadian residents, unfortunately. And, uh, it, it runs until uh, midnight, July 31st. So I'll have a, an announcement probably for you guys in the, in that, well, I guess by now it's probably next week's podcast, right? Cause seven days, 
yeah, that the 25th to the 31st. That's uh, yeah, I think August 1st is a, is a Wednesday. So you guys will hear who wins. I guess I can't announce it in the podcast. I record on Tuesday. This is just me going over the, how my brain works. It's just, well, can I do this? No, I can't do that. That's, what, what, no, that doesn't work either. That's, that's, that's like, but, um, if I record the podcast on Tuesday, I guess you guys will have to tune in for a live Facebook video on Wednesday to find out who, uh, who wins, but get your entries in because I can't wait to give you guys an awesome book. So, uh, so let's do that. Cool. And if you're not following one man podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube type in one man podcast in the search field and hit uh, like, follow, whatever it is, subscribe, and you'll hear more of it. Um, and, and with that, you guys have listened to an over two hour long episode of the one man podcast, I hope. And, uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. I always love talking to you guys and uh, I look forward to doing it again next week. Have a good one guys.